Welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits, coming to you from the Recycle Garage, here in sunny and fun Santa Cruz, California. Hey everyone, this is Liza. Joining me in the studio tonight, it's Stumpy John. I, I feel chastised and hurt right now. <laughs> you did get chastised. You, know, could, you should. You almost got chastised upside the head. I think you still might. <laughs> On the classy girl couch tonight, it's Douglas. Did you see my new snap-on hat? I like it. This very, was gifted to me last night. It suits oh. you because it's Hawaiian. Right. It's got floral print, and, oh. print and it's, it's a snap-on. Very nice. Nice. Howly to you, too. <laughs> And of course, that's the sultry tones of Naked Jim. What's happening? Peace, love, and dirt bikes. Yeah, yeah. did you get any dirt biking in? No, you went. For, I well, did you went I? for a nice ride. No, yesterday. I went fast bike riding up the coast uh, yesterday. It was very fun. Nice. Yeah. And then, of course, joining us from his garage in Oregon, it's Bagel. Fifty is the new twenty-nine. What does that mean? Oh, wait. Oh, oh. <laughs> Somebody had a birthday. Yep. It that's, me. What, that's what that means. Yep. 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 Congratulations. Happy birthday, Happy birthday Bagel. Happy birthday. Oh, thank you. Happy birthday, thank buddy. Thank you. Still that, waiting yep. on that Baja Jaj. Yep. Uh, I'm I've still got it on in the uh, in the in the list. <laughs> uh let's see. Oh, so much to talk about. Um Yep. Oh, man. I think we're just all like, we had so much fun last weekend for those of us who went to the one show. And then for those of us who didn't, some people went on rides. Yeah. Yesterday. Uh, I need to get on a, I need a ride. I wish I you could have made it. It was a good one. It was a doozy. Uh, yeah. I want, yes. I know. I know. I had, I had dental things. It's two had- weekends in a row. I was in Big Sur <laughs> the weekend before that ride and then you couldn't make man. it. I know, I know. Um, but hey, we had a great day in the garage today, and we had a new guy, yeah, Tony. With Tony. a cool bike. Who showed yeah. up. Uh, I love it when you get the, the person who walks up like, what, what is this place? Actually, we had we had the two kinds of people that walk up. The ones that walk up looking around like, yeah, I was told that you can help me, and um, yeah, what 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 do, you, what do you got? Yeah, I got, I'm a new rider, a new bike, and I was told to come here. Come on in. We'll help you out. What do you need? We had that today, and he was really nice, and he couldn't believe. So, wait, I guess you just use, use all the tools, and you guys are helping me, and he was really appreciative. He called me ma'am well, at he one was, point. He was in the service. He's one of those. We get those service kids through, service yeah. men every yeah. now and then, service yeah. people. And then we have the other type, the type that comes walking up, and you're like, oh. Oh, those two. They're like, what can you do for me? These, they're like looking around. Like as they walk up, like, oh, what else, What do you got in here? And they always look, I don't want to be rude, but there are people who don't look like regular riders. I'm just going to say it that way. And, uh, you know, and then you're like, oh, uh, you know, can I help you? Yeah. Um, you guys can, can help you do, you do, what do you do here? You know? Uh, well, yeah, I guess we can help yeah. you. We don't sell crack. Uh, <laughs> so you keep, you keep on heading down the road there. Uh, do you ride? Uh, no, I was thinking of getting a, um, uh, a moped. Oh yeah. Mm, okay. This is, you don't let them see all the stuff. Yeah, no, they were, they were just moseying on through. Yeah. So that, that was the other type, but boy, uh, Tony, 
Yeah. He had a great time. Doug, thank you for helping him. It was my pleasure. Wait, was it a Fender Eliminator? Is that what he's doing? Or is he yeah, doing Fender stuff? Eliminator. And then he had some um, some sliders. Uh, sliders that he wanted to put on too, but we decided that it wasn't enough time. Okay. Uh, and uh, like a quarter of the way through the, the Eliminator kit, I was like, you got to get crackalacking because it's, it's 2.30 now and we're done at 6. Yeah. And this always takes longer than... You think it does? Yeah. Sure enough, it sure did, and uh, but it, it turned out well. And he had a, that sweet bike. There was a Ninja Four Hundred. Yeah, yeah, like brand new, brand new. I love it when a new sweet. rider gets an appropriate bike for a new rider. Yeah, and has all the gear and all. And he's all stuff. kitted out too. Yeah, you know he's smart, smart guy. Yeah. I know. Well, you know, and the other thing I love about new riders is introducing them to our world and the new things, and to races and events and movies, and. You know, oh, and shenanigans. We'll you, say. You know what will blow his mind? Going to something like the Quail Motorcycle Gap, right? Totally. Right, or yeah. doing Road Rider Two Point yeah. yeah, I mean but, that blows. Yeah, or just, just go, blows you, people's mind. But you just go to Armor Racing at Laguna. I tell you, Armor Racing at Laguna is one of the uh, coolest things you know you could see, and it's right in our backyard. Well, even um, uh, Ellie and Lila had an amazing time at the one show. So. Uh, you know, this is that that time of year where like it's it's time to go to events. Yeah. And uh, one show kicked it off. Now we got the next event. Yeah. We got our, our sights set on yeah. the quail. It, yeah. yeah. How like, how exciting that it's back. Yes. And how exciting that we have a guest joining us tonight. Somebody who, I'd say he knows everything about the quail because mm-hmm. he dreamed up the quail. In fact, joining us tonight is Gordon McCall. Gordon. Hi there. Hey, everybody. Hey. Hey, hey Gordon. Hey. Welcome. Hey, hey. You put on Howdy. a heck of a show all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Gordon, thank you so much for joining us. You are, I mean, what's your official, uh, I just say you're the, the, the head, head, head cheese. What's your official title? Uh, I'm one of the head cheeses. I'm referred to as the motorsports director at yes. Quail Lodge and Golf Club, uh, co-founder of the motorcycle show and the car show that we do in August. But I'm just one of the cogs. Yes, but you know the quail. For those who haven't been, it is a unique event. But and and Gordon, tell me if uh, if I'm incorrect. I believe you can trace the lineage back to the Guggenheim art of the motorcycle. Is that is that correct? Well, absolutely. You know, it's um, it's in this the I mentioned the car show that we do in mm-hmm. August. Uh, we, that's almost 20 years old now. This is our 19th year. Yeah, And for all of those 19 years, we've featured motorcycles. And this comes from kind of a selfish position. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm kind of known in the car world as being a car guy. But uh, like a lot of people, I was a bike guy before I was a car guy um, with a Honda 90 at 14 years old that I still have, pathetically. Um, so, you know, motorcycles have been a part of what we do at Quail Lodge since day one. And, you know, the opportunity came up in 2008 where there was a void, you know, for a, for a standalone show. And we thought, you know, we've always included motorcycles in our car show. Why don't we? Why don't we have a go at a standalone? And really, the Guggenheim definitely had an influence on on us and our decision. But also, my friendship with Paul Dorlin uh, yeah. goes way, way back. And I, it was important for me to pull in kind of the right people, for lack of a better word, to kind of get this thing going because it's 
it's not just a singular thing. I mean, I have to back up and say it really is all about the Peninsula Signature Events Department, the people that work in that office under Courtney Ferrenti's direction. It's amazing. It's a, it's a year-round, you know, it's a division at Quail Lodge and Golf Club, and they're the ones that do all the heavy lifting. I mean, they do all the hard work behind the scenes, and it's incredible what they produce. Yeah, and that's something that I love about it, and having seen the Guggenheim exhibit and then the legend of the motorcycle now mm-hmm. into the quail and it's it is like a museum exhibit come to life but there aren't ropes not in fact there no not ropes. only are there no ropes there's <laughs> usually somebody standing around who built or yeah. you know like or raced or raced yeah. to talk about it the other thing i love about the quail is you can be rubbing elbows with some guy named hank who rides a harley or a billionaire but it's yeah. the common thread of motorcycles that you can strike up a conversation with anyone. In fact, uh, Jim, who's here in the room, he's very good at going around and just striking up conversations. And one of the ways he does that is just sits down at a table with people. And Jim, I do believe oh. one year you just sat down at a table full of women and introduced yourself. And I found you hanging out talking with them. Yes. In fact, one of them. They were fascinating. Yes, a talented artist from Monterey, California, as a matter of fact. Named? Uh, yes, yeah, she had beautiful artwork, and uh, we had a lovely uh, lovely lunch there at the Quail. Do you years remember ago. her name? Yeah, Molly. Yeah, it and was Molly. Just <laughs> randomly. I just Ooh. sit. Molly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, yeah, that's she, actually one of her paintings right behind me. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, you know, I like her stuff on Instagram, but uh, no, it's just oh. sheer coincidence. And we sat down and, and, uh, yeah, that's funny. Molly, yeah, who funny. is Gordon's wife. And that's and the thing. Died. Yeah. And you can go yeah. up and, and talk to anyone. Did you have something you wanted to add, Jim? Oh, I was going to say just recognizing the quail and what it kind of means for us here is we, we go to a lot of shows all over the place, of mm-hmm. course. And, uh, but here it's like our master's week. Like if you, the master's golf tournament, it's kind of like the springtime thing that kicks off golf for people. This right. is like our master's event. It's like the big fun event that kicks off our motorcycle season. Right. right. The, the contrast, you know, cause we go to, uh, dirt bag. Yeah. And the contrast between quail and dirtbag is it's like one opposite end of the spectrum. But as far as but they are the same in that we go there for the bikes, but it's the people, the stories, and the stories that yeah. we end up really coming away with and enjoying. Yeah. Um. And in fact, Gordon, you have uh, you have some great stories. Uh, I did a little bit of research on you. In Uh-oh. fact, I'd like to go back to the start because yeah, you're you're known for a car guy, but you are a motorcycle guy, and I think motorcycles got you into it in fact a little 90 cc honda absolutely has a big thing to do with it um uh, let's let's hear about this i know it's a famous story if you can tell the story of the honda 90 (laughs) hey you know what we all have a honda 90 story Yeah, yeah. (laughs) yeah it's uh that motorcycle is about 30 feet away from me right now i'm in my car barn actually at home right now where i tinker on stuff on my off time but um i'm fortunate to still have that bike well so, again, I think we all started somewhere with mini bikes, uh, Sears catalog, you know, wherever our <laughs> yeah. interest, cool, cool kid in the neighborhood that had a taco or a bonanza or whatever. That wasn't me. You know, I was the kid drooling over that stuff. And I remember trading an HO scale and Aurora slot car for a ride on a bonanza, which just, you know, I think yeah. I might have been 11 years old or something. And it just drove me nuts. But I also knew I couldn't talk to my mom about any of this stuff. And isn't it just so appropriate that we're talking about motorcycles on Mother's Day? Yeah. You know, right, the very totally. thing we had to hide the most yeah. of all the things we did. It's like happy Mother's Day, you know. Um, so this Honda 90, I um, I had a Raleigh Grand Prix bicycle at the time, 10-speed. 
that I bought for a hundred bucks that I paid for with long clipping money, like we all did back then. And the motorcycle thing was just driving me crazy. And I looked at some one ads in a Monterey Herald. I was 14 years old. Mm-hmm. I saw an ad for a Honda 90, hundred dollars. And I thought, okay, um, I'm selling the bicycle and I'm buying a motorcycle, which is exactly what I did. So I took a transit bus, Monterey Transit, over to Western Motors, which was the local Porsche dealer, Volkswagen Porsche dealer, and talked to a guy who actually is still on the peninsula, a guy named Don Pepperdine. I need to catch up with Don because I can't imagine what it was like. Now, granted, I'm 6'5", so I've always been a little bit taller than my age, Um, maybe not now, but back then, certainly. Uh, what it was like to have a 14-year-old kid walk up with 100 bucks and a brand new Buco helmet that I bought on the way at the Honda dealership. I'd never ridden a motorcycle before in my life. And, and <laughs> there I am to buy the bike. And, he, and his first question was, you know how to ride, right? Well, you know, of course I'm going to say yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, so I, I buy the bike. I walk around the corner and it took me literally a couple hours to figure the whole thing out. <laughs> and I took back roads back and kept it at my friend's house. And that motorcycle, quite frankly, taught me just about everything I needed to learn in life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can imagine you could write a it book really on did, that. Though. You know, I, I, it was an unauthorized purchase. So I had to, I had to learn how to work on it. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't really ask anybody for help there because I didn't technically have it. Um, I knew that I was breaking some rules, but you know, I was a really good kid growing up. I never wanted to let my mom down. I never wanted to get in trouble. So I had to keep it clean. Um, again, at, at my height, I just put a dark shield on my <laughs> Nico helmet and rode around and made sure I didn't stink it up or else my gig would have been over, you know, but that dumb little Honda 90, it really did. It just set the tone for me. You know, that bike led to many others and, uh, I'm just grateful to have had that experience. I wish parents today would maybe be a little freer with the idea of, of getting their kids involved. You know, I was involved with that Why We Ride documentary a few yeah. years ago. And, you know, it's inspiring when you when you talk to people that got a chance to ride motorcycles as kids. You know, look at the world champion, mm-hmm. every American world champion, you know, every one of them, then several are really good friends. They all started when they were like six years old, you know, mm-hmm. um, it, it's a, it's a neat thing for a kid to learn. You learn a lot with a motorcycle. You well, just I love how you talk about how much that shaped kind of started you on the path you're on. You having to be a responsible rider and, and be responsible for the bike. But there's also speaking of mom. There's something of your mom's that also kind of set uh, set you on a path. Uh, that would be your mom's tea set. Oh, yeah. How'd <laughs> you know about that? <laughs> you want to talk about that and how that well, still comes to play? Yeah. So I, I, my mom passed away in 2012, and, and she was really a great mom. We had a very formal relationship. Um, she was very much, even though I've been in California my entire life, she was an East Coast gal. And kind of very buttoned down and reserved and all those kind of traditional things, but a wonderful mom. Um, she had this incredible silver tea set that <laughs> was in a room that was of course off limits and all the rest of that, but it was on my chore list of things that I had to polish. And from as far back as I can remember, that was one of my major responsibilities was keeping that tea set. Now it's in my office at, at my, at my real office. I look at it every day because that is the very thing that gave me that kind of interest in making things look better, right. which got me into the automotive world, which led to a career as a Ferrari mechanic and a restoration shop and all these other, you know, kind of crazy things. It all started with that tea set. It really did. And I just, I, I, I cherish it. I do, you know, we all start somewhere. Right. And so Honda 90 and a tea set, who would guess? <laughs> well, and, awesome. and since, since it's Mother's Day, I want to keep going on, 
cool mom award <laughs> because your mom would drop you off at Laguna Seca as a kid. How cool yeah, is that? That's cool. How, how does that work? Hey, what mom didn't do that? Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, that was back when you could do that with your kids. Back you know? in the good old days, right? Just yeah. drop them off on the highway. Be, yeah, be back at, at, before be, it gets dark. Supper time, right? That was <laughs> watch that out was for cool. coyotes. Watch <laughs> out for coyotes. I, you know, Laguna Seca at that time, um, and it is funny because I'm, I'm very involved with that track and I'm on the board out there and all the rest of it, but it's kind of surreal because I did literally grow up out there as well. And um, it was it was a military base, you know. Yeah. It was an annex for Fort Ord, the Seventh Infantry, and there was unexploded ordnance in the hills. And you know, when a Trans Am race would roll around town, and I'm talking literally late '60s, Can Am, Trans Am, all those wonderful series. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they'd get fifty thousand people would show up for a race there. There was no running water. <laughs> I mean, it's not called the dry bed for nothing. I mean, Laguna Seca is directly trans, you know, directly def- defined as the dry, dry lake. And so um, I, I just look at those days and I think, man, I, I didn't know it at the time, but you know, that was the heyday of American racing. You know, it, it really was. And to be there as a kid watching the high winged McLarens and chaparrales and, and then later getting to know these guys, Jim Hall from Chaparral and Roger Penske and all these other, these, those guys were legendary myths as a kid. They're just people, you know, they just, they're just people. So that was fun though. And that's a trusting mom to, uh, but that's also, if I can interrupt myself yeah. here, that yeah. was, um, that was also uh, the sign of a kid who didn't want to let the, their folks down. You know, I didn't want to get in trouble. I wanted to be able to do it again, you know? I love it. Well, she gets a cool mom award. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so you seem to be destined on this path. How much do you think you would have found this same uh, path if you weren't raised in you know the Carmel Monterey area? That's a good question. Um, you know, I know I know your environment has a lot to do with yeah. with yeah, it really does. Um, I feel very fortunate to have not only grown up here, but but to be able to stay here, you know, the Monterey Peninsula and Northern California in general is, as I think we would all agree, is really special. Um, I've always known it. I've never taken it for granted. And perhaps this path wouldn't have been the same if I was elsewhere in the country. Well, not everyone has a Ferrari dealership to get a job at when they're young. That's true. <laughs> well, but you can't, you know, the influence of Laguna Seca. Yeah. And I know, you know, at least a little bit the relationship with, with Wayne Rainey and the, I don't know if yeah. he's still storing his bike for him or not. And we've, we've met, <laughs> we've met Wayne down at the, uh, at the museum. Yeah. At the Talbot. Talbot. Yeah. And talk to him. He's there. my best friend. You know, I just was with him this morning. So yeah, no cool. kidding. What a cool guy, right? You can't say yeah. enough cool things about Have you heard him. heard his latest? That he's going to be riding that one? Yeah. Yes, so that, that, all, that, that started uh, three years ago. I went to the Isle of Man with a couple of uh, really good friends. And, and uh, if you're into music, a really cool music guy by the name of uh, Nick, Nick Mason uh, yeah. from, from Pink, Pink Floyd. Floyd really, yeah. yeah. Cool, cool motorcycle guy. Um, but we started talking. I happened to meet the guy that's responsible for the motorcycle activities at Goodwood. Mm. And the Goodwood Festival of Speed and the Revival are viewed as clearly the, the to top vintage events in the world. Um, just the property at Goodwin alone, uh, the Duke of Richmond's place is pretty incredible. It's a sit down, it's a sit down dinner for 1100 in the house. So. And, wow. and, and Goodwood, this is basically a race in a driveway. Uh, yeah. It's also <laughs> where, you know, the Spitfires <laughs> stage for the battle of Britain. And the yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty oh, cool. crazy. 
Yeah. So the yeah. hill climb there, though, is legendary. And it's it's what most spectators go to witness because it's just a thrill to see, you know, your heroes and all the cars through the generations blast up the hill. Well, David Dew is responsible for the motorcycles that are there. And we just got talking and he'd learned that Wayne was a good friend, et cetera. And so we started talking. And at that time, three years ago, I knew what Wayne's interest was in terms of getting back on a bike. Um, his accident in 93 uh, has obviously kept him off a motorcycle uh, aside from about two years ago when he got back on an R6, yeah. uh, which was specially yeah. outfitted. He did some testing at Button Willow. Um, he went to Suzuka and and rode. But in my mind, I it, it was fantastic that he did that and he was fulfilling a bit of a dream. But it wasn't one of his 500s. And he's had a recurring dream that he's ridden a five, one of his GP bikes since his accident. And there was only one way to scratch that itch, and that was to figure out how to get him back on that bike. And uh, with the help of Yamaha and quite a quite a team effort, it's actually very heartwarming. It turns out the guys that work at Paget's Yamaha in the UK, which is the Yamaha factory race team in the mm-hmm. UK, the guys that work on that team are all of his former teammates. Oh, oh that's cool. And so the bike yeah. is being prepped in Japan right now. This is his 92 World Championship bike. He has his other two bikes. He keeps them here on the peninsula, his other two World Championship bikes. But his 92 bike is there being outfitted right now. They're going to ship it to Padgett's. Padgett's will prep it. And then the support team for him to go up the hill climb at Goodwood in front of 50,000 people three days in a row is are his former teammates. And so, you know, Wayne is one of those guys, and he's always said this. It's, it's, it's actually kind of heartwarming. Um, his view is you're only handicapped if you want to be. Yeah. And he's so inspiring in so many different ways, um, way beyond the motorcycle arena. And the idea of him getting back on a 500cc Grand Prix bike that he won a world championship on and riding it, I think for the rest of us in the world that maybe think that we've got an obstacle or two in front yeah. of us, uh, to see that and witness that, that's pretty inspiring. And motorcycles do that, don't they? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Well, yeah, that that is going to be so big. And I know w- when we interviewed him, uh, his bike was up at Moto Talbot. I think it's been removed because yeah, of the threat pulled, of fire. Yeah, we pulled both, yeah. both of the bikes out too of there many, and Kenny's bikes too. Too many um, fire scares. But fortunately, yeah, was, you know, those are, they're not something that can be replaced. I know, I know. <laughs> but, but fortunately, there's a lot of other great bikes there. But it was great to interview him there and have the bike there and really ask him a lot oh, of questions. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, now you're very familiar with it. In fact, you have other race bikes. You have a little collection yourself. I love bikes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what, what's in the garage today? Yeah, well, I was working on, I've got a, a really fun TZ750 Yamaha yeah. prepping. Yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to ride that at Laguna, actually. Oh. In July. Um, it's, uh, you know, there was an 11-year period of time. If you weren't on a TZ750 mm-hmm. Yamaha, you weren't going to win the Daytona nope. 200. That's true just a dominant bike of its era. And uh, when you talk to the folks that rode them, mm-hmm. the very few amount of folks that actually rode those things and, and, and won, I mean, they're just vicious. They're, they're, they're kind of the 427 Cobra of motorcycles. Mm. You know, they, they, they weren't the friendliest thing in the world. Oh, beasts. So, they're a beast. Yeah. I love, I love race bikes. I've got Reg Pridmore's old F750 BMW, the bike that he yeah. rode for Butler and Smith uh, right before the R90S that he won the first Superbike championship on. In fact, uh, how do you feel about that bike? It's aesthetics. It's got to be the ugliest. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. 
hands down. But you know, Udo Giedel and Udo, Udo is an amazing guy and he's, he's still around. So Udo was actually uh, Wayne's crew chief when Wayne rode for Honda, when he was the superbike champion riding the VFR interceptor, Udo was the Honda ch- uh, crew chief. Udo uh, built the bikes for Butler and Smith at that time and had a long conversation with him about that bike and is aesthetically displeasing as that motorcycle is. I mean, the gas tank looks like a coffin and just reminds you of dying on a motorcycle every time you get to throw a leg over it. Um, the bike was amazingly, uh, it was a trailblazing bike for BMW. It just, no one thought that yeah. BMW were road racers in this country at that time. This was 1972. Well, you know, it doesn't help to look. I saw the video, I think, of your garage there, the Peterson virtual tour. Oh, and you've got yeah. it next to some of the most beautiful Norton, uh, <laughs> some commandos that are just gorgeous. Oh, yeah. Rickman well, Fringe. it's got an yeah, XR750 so. Harley fairing on it. And it, yeah. you know, it's, it's just an abomination. But Udo shortened up the cylinders. He took two fins off of each side. To get the lean angle and the, he, he changed the stroke and got the lean angle, uh, increase the lean angle because Reg was having problems and uh, uh, you know scraping the the head, the cylinder head on the darn things. Not not the best handling bike in the world, but you know as ugly as that bike is, in Reg's words, without that motorcycle, the R90s would have never have yeah. would have never have happened. You know, so it's kind of like the Ironhead XR750s. Same thing, you know, horrible, hideous motorcycle to ride. But if it wasn't for those iron heads, the alloys would have never have come along. So so let's talk about what else you have in your garage. As Jim said, uh, you got some Nortons, a uh, Rickman. Yeah, I'm a Norton fan, have yeah. been my whole life. Uh, just there's something about, you know, when I was going to Carmel High School, there was a janitor there that had a 750 Commando. And I just remember after football practice, everyone's in there showering up, school's out, there's no one really left in the school, it's just a few of us in the locker room, and this guy Kenny would uh, would fire his commando up, yeah. and that thing just mesmerized me. Here at the time, I had a Honda CL90, so anything bigger than a CL90 was fascinating. But that bike would pirouette on the center stand as it was warming up. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just thought that was the coolest thing in the world, so cool. I think that... That kind of lit the commando fuse for me. But uh, I ended up landing, um, I discovered Buddy Perriott's uh, Manx, his 1960 Manx. Yeah. Buddy was the first American to score Grand Prix points. He did it on that bike uh, at the uh, Daytona Grand Prix um, way back when. Um, Manx is, I'm, I'm a sucker for race bikes. I just <laughs> am. Uh, and I think it's got a lot to do with the fact they're really fun just to look at too, as much fun mm-hmm. as they are to ride. They're just fun to look at. So I rotate. I've, you know, like everybody, I mean, none of us have enough motorcycles, right? (laughs) No, but not all of us have such a nice garage. Well, that was, uh, that garage was a project is about the only good thing that happened to me. And, and, you know, to actually, you know, I sympathize with all of us for 2020. I mean, rest in peace, right? God, what a dreadful year. But um, I got involved uh, with this. Uh, we put a little partnership together and we built a motorsport park in, in Monterey near the Monterey airport. And uh, it turns out it was a really good thing to do. We sold out quickly. Uh, the pandemic actually helped yeah. us. People, people flocked our way to be able to have an away from home office and a place to keep their bikes and cars. And Monterey Peninsula doesn't have enough space. You can buy a beautiful home. You're lucky to get a two-car garage. So what do you do with your stuff? And these are the, it's the Garage Unlimited, right? No, it's, it's actually, it's, yeah, we we started with Garage Unlimited. Ah, this, this is a really different animal. Um, okay. It's, 
aesthetically a little more pleasing. You know, we're literally right on Highway 68. I mean, we're right next to the airport near the track. It's just, it's, I have to admit it, it turned out really yeah, well. Cause we have, we have one of the garage unlimited up here in Santa Cruz and I've been to yes. open houses there and you get like some, you know, cool rat rod in one oh, garage yeah. and then you get a couple of GSs and a pinball machine over in this yep. one. And then you get, <laughs> you know, a boat in this one. And then you get, there's a guy who has a, jacked up off-road Mazda Miata in one. Oh, I mean, perfect. and another guy with like radio control stuff. And it's like, it's fascinating all the different Isn't people it? who go in there because this solves that problem. And, well, it and just does. Giving, and, needing and space. You're so right. Um, yeah. And our, you know, same story is happening at our motorsport park. I've got the CEO of Ford is my next door neighbor, a good friend, but he's running Ford Motor Company from next door. Wayne's behind me. Uh, guy that did uh, Shawshank Redemption and the Green Mile. He's a Porsche guy. He's on the other side. And what's really cool, everybody kind of, we all leave each other alone. Um, but at the same time, every once in a while, doors will come up and we'll have little get togethers. It's just, you know, it's it's that shared interest. Camaraderie is pretty powerful well, when it comes to two and, two and four wheels. One of the things I find um, very endearing about you is you seem very sentimental. You like to hold on to things. Um, not only do you have that first Honda, I believe you have that 10 speed bike too. It's hanging on the wall. <laughs> yeah. Right. Nice. Um, but I we sold it and tracked it back down. That's right? amazing. Oh, that's awesome. First 10 speed back. Right. But <laughs> wow. uh, if you can see on video, you can see, we, we have something in common. I have quite a collection of toys myself. In fact, I've noticed you can see they go around the room. I've noticed. Yes. I love it. I think I might have more toys than you. Uh, are those, I, you know, I, I'm having a hard time yeah. I'm on my laptop. So are those 143rd scale? Or are they they're like, all of them. It's all the things. That's terrific. It is I all the it. things. But we have something else in common. What's that? <clears throat> yeah, and you, you guys in this room may not realize hmm. that there is a car that's on my list. It's my next fun car. I've had a lot of fun, interesting cars. Yeah. Citroen? Yeah. No, I've had a Citroen. Oh. Um, the I'm one so that's been gnawing at me. Uh, is either a 240 or a 260Z. It's the one oh, I want yes. so bad. Yeah. This guy's got a 240. That's beautiful. Don't do the 260. Yeah, the 240. Really? Oh. What's Don't wrong with the, the 260? 260 got heavy, got big bumpers. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's post 74 and things started getting weird in but the car. It's world. still the- before the smog. A smog thing, so right. Yeah, they had EGR valves, and yeah. Any, but it, find a two forty. My mom had a yeah. two forty, and Did she, I, she would tell me stories about that car. I think when I was a little kid, yeah. so it's so beautiful. Like every time I see one, I'm like, oh, I want that. I want the louvered rear windows. Mm-hmm. I want the gold mag oh, wheels. Yeah. The full on inspector gadget. I want all <laughs> yeah. of that. I just well, you know they're fewer than farther between nowadays. Yeah. I know. But you they still work. see some sitting in a field. Doug, when you lived up on Bransaforte, there was somebody who had one sitting in a field. And they yeah, died. yeah. No one, once in a while you see them around here, but not not often. I so I dream. I mm-hmm. wanted a 240 really badly when I turned 16. Um, I had a friend whose who's mom had one. I mean, she, she went from a Sunbeam. T- talk about cool moms. She went from a Sunbeam Tiger to a 240Z. It's pretty cool in the seventies. You know, she was, she was the cool mom. That's where I hid my Honda 90. In their <laughs> That's the cool mom for sure. That was the, they didn't care. I thought this is really cool. So, um, but I was, I was heavily influenced. The whole Datsun thing yeah. in the seventies was intriguing to yeah. me. As a kid, I used to volunteer out at Laguna Seca to pump gas at the 76 station. 
which was where they did tech inspection. Also, the pumps are still there. The building's gone. It's right in the center of the paddock. Mm-hmm. And during the 2.5 Trans Am Challenge, that, that, those, that race series had a major influence on me. I was fascinated. As much as I loved the Camaros and the Javelins and the Camaros and the big bore Trans Am cars, uh, those were not in my cards. I mean, you know, that was not a car that a 15-year-old kid can start thinking about, at least in, in my world. So whereas Datsuns, though, I thought, wait a minute, what is Datsun, right? And Pete Brock was dominating the series with his BRE 510s. With John Morton behind the wheel, he was beating Alphas and BMWs with a Datsun. I thought, okay, this is the coolest thing ever. I need to buy a Datsun. So I saved up for a 510. And nice. literally the day I turned 16, I went over to the DMV and Seaside, got my driver's license, and bought a 510 on the same day. That's nice. awesome. I ended up turning that car into something pretty special because I traded it for a 911S Porsche, which is wow. kind of fun. Not um, bad from a 10-speed tr- wow. a, you know, a couple of trades prior. Yeah. <laughs> well I'm, done. I'm still I'm still proud to this day because when I was 10 years old, I was sitting around with a bunch of other kids and we were talking about what what car are you going to get when you can drive? And I said, yeah. I you know, I, I don't want just one car. I want a Porsche, a Jeep, and a Datsun B210. Oh, yeah. Because I'm like, Dotson B210, it's a very practical car. They are, yeah. I know. I always loved it. I always loved it. Well, and Gordon, you went on, I mean, you've, you've been on this path. You went on through different careers, working for Christie, stuff like that. But basically, cars and, cars and motorcycles have always been such a big part of your life. You were even uh, a judge at uh, Pebble Beach, right? So I was with Pebble for 28 yeah. years. Wow. Yeah. I started there. And when I was going to Carmel High School, I volunteered as a field crew guy and ended up as a judge there before well, I started. The, yeah. the the good thing is that qualifies you for a game I came up with Uh-oh. just for you. Uh-oh. Gordon, welcome I'm, to game time. I'm horrible at games. Oh, no. There, here's the thing. There is no wrong answer. Okay, so <laughs> this is a first, and you're, you're definitely better than this we is are. Definitely a first. On, on All right, so let me let me bring this up. All right, hold on, I got to do the thing. I'm going to do this. All right, okay, here we go. This okay. game is called car. Oops, car or motorcycle. It's that simple. Oh wait, now hold on. This is going all wrong. Let me do this. <laughs> this is going all wrong. I got the wrong screen. So oh. what we're going to do is called car or motorcycle. And I've got a list of cars and motorcycles that all I need you to do is tell me, is it a car or is it a motorcycle? You think you can, uh, you're qualified to do that? Uh, I can take wild guesses. Okay. So how does the game work? Is it? Like I said, there is no wrong answer. All right. First up. Uh, Gordon, can you see what's on the screen? I can. All right. First up, we have, and Bagel and I were just arguing about this. This is a Bajaj RE Optima Rickshaw, 198cc, three wheels with a single wheel in the front. Uh, it's a four-speed reverse, and it has handlebars. Gordon, mm-hmm. is this a car or a motorcycle? Well, so um, do you want the technical answer or <laughs> from the gut answer? Because I, I do happen to know that anything with three wheels is considered a motor-driven cycle. If it's over 150 cc's, it's a motorcycle. Uh, which state? California. <laughs> I'm just talking California. Okay. So if it's got four wheels like the Isetta, with the two wheels tucked behind the, the two wheels. Oh, you're cheating. Out. Don't go. Don't jump ahead. But, don't jump I, ahead. Won't, I won't. But I'll say this is a motorcycle for that this reason. This is a motorcycle. Oh, Bagel, did you hear that? Mm-hmm. 
Okay. But can it wheelie? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up is, there we go, is the Polaris Slingshot. 1997 cc three wheels single wheel in the rear this has a steering wheel and a helmet is required in california in california. is this a car or a motorcycle i would refer to it as a motorcycle oh really yeah interesting is that your is that your gut or a technical uh no it's it's the three-wheeled thing okay it's, it's the same like thing same definition three-wheeled morgan same all yeah. right so what is your what does your gut say though he says uh, you know to me it's more of a car than it is a motorcycle um, you know, I, when I see them on group rides with GSs or, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I, I kind of think, yeah, no, you're kind of a little bit of the turd in the punch bowl here. So, um, yeah, uh, I think it's car, but, but yeah. I think technically, you know, I, I think that's on the technical side. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a motorcycle. Yeah. Okay. But they, they certainly do have their seat at the table. Though. Okay. They do. Well, yeah, you know, they definitely the, do. Can I back up just for two seconds? Yeah. I think in a lot of cases, and I'm 100% understanding and sympathetic of this, a lot of the three-wheeled conversions you see, whether it be two in the back, one in the, what, whatever, right, are enabling people to, to ride right. that wouldn't normally do it. Yeah, sure. We were just yeah. talking about that literally yeah. a couple hours reasons. ago. Yeah, For yeah. various reasons. Totally. And for that reason, I think, hey, if it's getting out there and it's throwing a helmet on, go for it. You're, you're part of the yeah. family. There's that movie uh, Silver Bullet from the 80s. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, next yep. one up is the BMW Izetta, which is like 247 to 298 cc, so pretty small, three wheels, single wheel in the rear, and a very interesting steering wheel attached to the door, which is the front of the vehicle. Is this a car or a motorcycle? So I have a wonderful <laughs> photograph of an Izetta in my real office. Yeah. It's a photograph of my mom <gasps> oh. in that same position with my brother and my sister on her lap. <laughs> And it's an ad for BMW. Wow, that is awesome. This is this no was a year before I was born. Um, the reason for that ad is they were trying to portray the Izetta as a family car. <laughs> oh, that's rad. <laughs> that is awesome. For a very that's small a heck family. Of a marketing stretch right there, but uh, that's a car. It's got four wheels. Okay. Oh wait. Well, uh, no, I thought it had three wheels. It's got four. Let, let, well, let me let me interject. There there are Isettas that were made with three wheels. This is a three wheel in the picture. And, and there were Isettas made with four wheels too. Ah. They, they went to four wheels later mm, on. Okay. Uh, partially for stability and I think partially for tax and licensing reasons too. So but, I can't but, tell yeah, this, from this photo. Yeah, that photo is a three wheel, single wheel in the rear. Mm. Okay. Then yeah. I call it a motorcycle. With a steering wheel. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All right. And, and also an, another side note, um, Heinkel that made that scooter yeah. back there, uh, yeah. they made a very similar bubble car to the Isetta, and BMW actually sued them oh. because oh. their prototype had a hinging steering column just like BMW's did, but BMW had a patent for that. So they sued Heinkel, and Heinkel lost. So Heinkel had to have a fixed steering column that was bolted to the floor, and the side, the side wall did not open with the door. And you had to get in and around it to get into the, the driver's position. Gotta love it when lawyers get involved. Yep. Interesting. <laughs> All right. Well, coming up next, now we're getting a little more tricky. Have you ever heard of this? The Brinks Dynamic Carver. This is a 659cc turbo engine, three wheel, single wheel on the front with a leaning mm. suspension. Uh -huh. It's a five speed with reverse and a steering wheel. 
And this is interesting because it leans into the turns and it's a single seat cockpit. So Gordon, is that a car or a motorcycle? So that is the answer to the question that no one has asked. It's a Carter cycle. <laughs> a Carter cycle. Um, yeah, again, I'm going to say it's a motorcycle, um, but mm. I'm getting car sick just looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> it. It looks like it's a transformer that's just about to transform. Exactly. Right. Exactly. It, it does look fun. Uh, all right. Mm-hmm. Next up, the Piaggio or sometimes uh, Vespa Ape. 125 yeah. to 150 cc, three wheel, single wheel in the front. They've got tiny little wheels and handlebars. Is this a car or a motorcycle? So, I, it, again, I think it's a motorcycle. I think these are all motorcycles. Yeah. 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 It, it, it is a hard call, especially when you have windshield wipers yeah. <laughs> you know? and wood paneling. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Um, next up. The Morgan. Have you ever driven one of these? You probably I have. Yeah, yeah. a friend of mine, Dennis Glavis, is the importer of these down in Santa Monica. He's got a great dealership down so, there. So, if you guys didn't know, they're bringing the the Morgan back. Uh, this one uses a uh, 1983cc Harley V twin with a Mazda five speed manual mm. transmission. It's got three wheels with a single wheel in the rear and a steering wheel. And because it has the Save the basically the crash bars behind the driver does not require a helmet, but the drive axle is in the front. Yeah. Yes. The steering. The drive. A lot axle. of folks. A lot of folks slip an SNS motor in these things too. So they're they're must they're, be a one wheel drive in the front, right? Frightening. Oh, is it? Which way is it going? So <laughs> no, no it's going I assume that way. it's powered in it's the rear. Yeah. yeah. No, no, it's it's motorcycle. Motorcycle. Yep. I think he just really likes motorcycles and is going to call yeah. everything a motorcycle. Yeah. So yeah, the drive, the drive axle is in the front. Uh, it's going that way. See, this is the thing. Because he has so much knowledge, especially in judging, you need to know what qualifies as a car and what qualifies as a motorcycle. That's why I said, this is the guy yep. to tell us. All right, we're almost done. Next up. These are, these are, that's a trick question. The Mono Racer 130E. This is the updated version that has an electric motor. Oh, it's I an inline two wheeler with two inline seats, but fully encapsulated and it has handlebars. Is this a car or a motorcycle? It's got two wheels. I have to say that's a motorcycle. What's that sit down motorcycle that the tall guy built? Oh, the gur- Gurney? It looks like a Gurney meets a uh, Vetter. Well, you know what? So this is electric. You know who else is building an electric inline uh, bike right now? Uh, Lightning. Yep. Yep. Oh, really? Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Lightning's up. Lightning's I, up. I may or may things. not have seen the early version of it. Well, I think they're going to try to break Corbin's old speed record, electric bike speed yeah, record. We'll I think see. maybe. Hmm. All right, we got one more for you. All right, this, and we just saw this last weekend, right, John? Mm-hmm. This is the Arkimoto. It's a electric 20 kilowatt dual electric hub uh, motors in both front wheels. It's three wheels with a single wheel in the rear and handlebars. Is this a car or a motorcycle? Motorcycle. Motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And in fact, this version we're looking at doesn't have the doors, but they now have a version with doors. And these are freeway legal. In I fact, every one of these, it just requires an M1 license. Yeah. yeah. In yeah. fact, if you're going to the quail, mm-hmm. you're going to get to see it and I think ride it. Yeah. If people want to do test rides. 
I'm pretty sure they've got that arranged. Yes. That's why I put this one last year. We're bringing it all cool. back around. So this is uh, the Arkhamoto. We've met these guys at the one a couple of years ago, and John and I were talking to them. Uh, Jim, you didn't know. This is kind of fascinating. They found a really good purpose for the Arkhamotos in mm. the film industry. Mm -hmm. And they basically have turned the rear seat backwards and mount, have a camera mount on the back, and they're using it as camera cars, kind of like oh, the uh, yeah. the VMAX that we saw at the Peterson Museum. Oh, the Museum. Peterson Museum, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. That was, cool. that was crazy. Well, it's funny. It reminds me, of, you know, we mentioned Corbin. You know, he's got the Sparrow, so I guess the Sparrow would also be a motorcycle. Oh, yeah. Is a Sparrow, is that a motorcycle or a car? Sparrow is... Because he sold it, it at the wheels. auto show. Yeah, it's three wheels. It's enclosed. Looks like a golf ball. <laughs> looks, like, looks like Shaquille O'Neal's shoe. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like a toenail, maybe. <laughs> it's That's funny. Bro. So, have you had a chance to try the Arkimoto yet? No, I haven't. They're I haven't. yeah, they're pretty cool. Um, uh, the they haven't added. I don't think they've added the uh, power steering yet. So it's a little. A little rough if you have to do like a five point turn to get turn around, but well, they are fun. And the range is is obviously going to always be the question on these electric bikes, it, you know. And that's something they're working on daily. I know to try and improve. So I, I wanted to talk a bit more about the quail. So I've been attending since but year wait, one. But what? wait, but wait. But wait. Oh, you want to know what the prize is? No, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> are those all motorcycles? So, yeah, what was, yeah. yeah, sure. I mean, it, we, we were depending on you to make the call. Oh, you know, so go to the California Vehicle Code book. Yeah. Okay. And, and I'm pretty sure it's crystal clear that if it's got three wheels, it's, it's considered a motorcycle regardless of the CCs. That determines whether or not you can ride on the freeway or not. And they call it a motor-driven cycle? But if it's under 150 Being CCs, allowed to oh, ride on the freeway... But three-wheeler so, yeah. considered motorcycles. But it can't be a motorcycle if it doesn't go on the freeway? Uh, no. Well, so mm. if it's over 150 cc, oh, okay. okay. it, it just requires a real an M1 motorcycle and M1 yeah. classification. But the slingshot doesn't require M1, I don't think. I, As far as I know, it doesn't. Yeah. But you're still required uh, to wear a helmet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's Actually, what I'm saying. That may have changed in the last few years because um, I remember Arnold Schwarzenegger got uh, dinged because he was riding a Ural with a sidecar and got in an accident and he didn't oh. have a motorcycle endorsement. Oh. But then I think a law got changed that, that if you have a three-wheeled motorcycle that doesn't lean or something like that, you could drive that with a car license. But I, I could be mistaken, but I, I seem to recall that that may have gotten changed a few years ago. Isn't there a... Uh, two front wheeled scooter. Can am well not scooter. No, it's, it's a scooter that oh, you, oh, yeah. that's Piaggio over over one fifty that you don't need an M one to ride no. in California. No, no. What well, mm. we us talking about this in the past. Mm, no, I don't think so. But let's get back to the quail. A quick Google search. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, yeah, so I, you, what he want a sticker? You know what? What does he get? A sticker? Yeah, yeah. Gordon, you are you are good enough judging for us. That's yeah, why I'm like, we, we got the learned. guy. We just learned. We something. we love to debate these things. I'm like, well, this guy will know. So I'm going to back this up with uh, with Mister oh, and oh. Mrs. Google. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Which says what what counts as a motorcycle in California? If it's got two or three wheels, it'll be a motorcycle. Ah. 
What's the um that horror was it the Robin Reliant? Is that the really horrible oh, th- yeah. three wheeler? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yep. And the worst That's car. I, I just remember watching Top Gear and Jeremy Clarkson kept driving it and just turning and sliding on the <laughs> side and going, sorry, sorry to the yeah. people. Never yeah. mind. Never mind. I'm all right. Yeah. So let's get back to the Not quail. What what year is this for the quail? This is like well, so this is tricky. It's fuzzy math because we haven't had yeah. the quail for three years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. we started in 08. So technically, I think yeah. it's year 14 or 5th, but we're calling it the 12th annual because we we missed out on two. Um, I cannot tell you the pent up interest is is breathtaking. You know, it really is. And it's it's refreshing as well. You know, we all want to get back together again. And, you know, to your point mm-hmm. earlier, and I loved it. Um, there were some out there that thought we were a little crazy when we came up with this format of really just throwing everything together, you know, Grand Prix people, custom builders, scooters, mini bikes, yeah, everything, choppers, sport. I mean the gamut, right? One Um, time you had a bus. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Um, Oh, the crazy polished uh, with the decks. Yeah. Randy Grubb. Yeah. Yeah. That guy, have you ever seen his hands? No. So his hands, anybody that works like Evan Wilcox, when yeah. you're an aluminum fabricator, oh my God, your hands just don't disguise the fact that that's your gift. They've because, been through the English wheel more than once. Oh my God. They never <laughs> yeah. So, but you know, it was really, we were kind of looked at, um, as you know, the half moon Bay show was remarkable. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it. Um, short lived, but remarkable. Jared and Brooke put on an amazing event up there. It was very uh, highbrow, which had yeah. a little bit to do with its demise. And something as a motorcyclist I've always been aware of is the inclusivity angle in the motorcycle world. As far as I'm concerned, I don't care what someone's into. If it's, if it's motorcycles, there it is. That's, that's the DNA that we all have so much fun sharing with each other. Um, I've also believed strongly that motorcycling – in general, is something that's not enjoyed in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. It, it just isn't. As, as much as it can be therapeutic and you dive into your garage, you tinker on your stuff and all the rest of it, that you know, you kind of use that as a Zen time to sort your thoughts. That's valuable time. But quite frankly, the fun time is when your friends come over or when you go visit somebody that's working on something and you get to share all of the you know, the trials and tribulations of it all. And I think that's representative of the motorcycle world. And so it took people a little while to figure out because the setting at Quail Lodge is very, you know, it's gorgeous there. It's a beautiful resort, right? And we're kind of told as motorcyclists, we're used to being told, no, you can't park there. Right. (laughs) Get the thing out of here, right? That's not the way it is at Quail Lodge. They are the most inviting, friendly, uh, grateful people to be able to host an event like this, um, they love it. They're they're in the hospitality business, yeah. and I think it again. It took people a little while to figure out. Wow, there there really isn't another shoe to drop here. This is genuine. This is oh my god. These are real. You know, this is we're all in this together. You know, and that's such a cliche, but it's so true. If it's an interest in motorcycles, welcome. You well, know, you notice it because when you pull in, and we always ride down to it. We were just talking about it today, and when you have all the motorcycles lining the street there as you come to the event, that's it's really the other cool. show. That's the yeah. other That's show. Part. And the yeah. other, well, it's like you can have just as much fun, you know, talking to Mert Lawwell on the inside, yeah. or you can come yeah. out and talk to some dude about his vintage Ducati on the outside. It's very totally. accessible. And that's isn't that the motorcycle world though? I mean, yeah, that's what I love it about it. It's absolutely representative of that, and I think. uh 
you know, quite frankly, no one does it better than, than, than Quail Lodge. And, and, you know, to be able to throw all these ideas together, it, it's, I, personally, I'm just heartwarmed by the friendships that have come out of, come out of that show. Mm-hmm. Um, quite frankly, you know, Wayne's series, Moto America, which is, you know, they've single-handedly revived mm-hmm. uh, superbike racing in this country. You know, it, it was in the tank. Mm-hmm. when when Wayne took it over from from the AMA they just you know it was it was not going anywhere yeah. i mean there was there was no television coverage there were very few races and for a guy like Wayne Rainey it's not enough for him to be a former three-time world champion he wants to be a guy who helps find the next american world right. champion and by the way we Joe need Roberts oh we have we have one moto 3 overseas yes. and, you know he's a mm-hmm. product of moto america and so it's actually happening. Um, that whole thing came out of the quail show. It oh, was wow. introducing Wayne to a guy named Richard Varner, another friend of mine, Terry Cargus, who's the executive director down at the Peterson. We all kind of got together. We started the conversation at the quail. It ended up in my office. We ended up with Richard Pollock. Um, I had at that time, I kept my TZ 750 in my office and we thought, why isn't there a modern version of this bike today? So, Richard Pollock took on the project of building a modern version of a TZ750, which is a bike that showed up on the cover of Cycle World a few years ago. Yeah. That motorcycle bike build is what Moto America became, hmm. which is just cool. Wow. Oh, that is cool. From that, a little motorcycle show. That, <laughs> yeah. that yeah. kind of came full circle for yeah. you. I know. And, and these are, you know, these are just examples of things that I'm personally aware of. I just, I just know there's a lot of friendships that have been forged. There's, you know, old acquaintances that are remade. Um, it's just, it's just very authentic. It's, yeah. It's well, really I mean, we met Mert there and now it's like seeing an old friend and go up to say hi to Mert every time. There you, go. Um, yeah. you get so many of the different vendors there, but also things like we've met artists there. Oh, yeah. um, I think uh, the last, it was a couple of years ago, you had um, more than one electric motorcycle. You had the Energy Curtis. Guy. Yeah, the Energica, no, there was the, yeah, I remember that. Then the Harley, live wire. Yeah, Harley was yep. doing their demos. So, what, and then they honored Vetter that one year. And yeah. They honored oh, Craig. and and me and you. You may and, not be aware of this, but I was. I'm a recipient of an award from the AMA, and they asked me where I would like to receive it, and I said, "At the Quail." There you go. And Rob Dingman presented the award to me, and with Craig Vetter standing next to me, and I was so honored. You know, you share the stage with the year that Craig Vetter couldn't travel and mm-hmm. he received the Dudley uh, Perkins Award from yep. Rob Dingman and the AMA, uh, considered by many. You know, when you talk to Mert, that, uh, that's, that was his idol, you know, quite frankly, um, the, uh, Dud, Dud was. And that award was presented on that stage as well. So you're in good company. Oh, Maybe. yeah. It was a proud moment for me. So let's talk about what to expect this year. What's new? What's different? What's the same? What should we be excited about? Good food. I'm sure there'll be good food. Uh, yeah. You guys kill it on the food. I was bragging about, and you get to eat with real silverware. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So you know, we mix it up every year. Yep. We've got, uh, what is it? 11 standard classes. So there's, you know, there's going to be about 350 motorcycles, which is about the same amount that we've had there before. It was one year, I think it was 2018. I had 400 motorcycles yeah. there and it was too many bikes, quite frankly, because some of the feedback we got was there wasn't enough time in the day to look at yeah. them all. Was that when the seven, they were doing the CB 750s? 
Is that oh, the yeah. show? Yeah, yeah. We, got, we had a slew of those, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. So we've got our 11 standard classes. Uh, the featured bikes are, we've got a, I rolled it over actually because uh, I, I feel it was a significant anniversary, the 50th anniversary of the Harley Davidson XR750. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, much like the TZ 750 Yamaha, the, the 750 XR Harley is such a dominant yeah. race bike. You know, people are still racing them today. Um, oh, the sound they make. Oh, Maybe we'll see Mert oh, rip yeah. around the see Mert oh. rip around the place. We've got a bunch of those coming. Um, I also felt there's also an anniversary of the Slash 5 BMW, which mm. arguably is one of the most customized. You know, you, you there's so many versions, and I just yeah. love that about the motorcycle world. There's no rules. You just yeah. do whatever you want, right? And Slash 5s have been modified from day one. And so that's an anniversary. Um, going back to the mini bike interest, the fact that yeah. most of us started or at least lit the fuse with a mini bike somewhere along the line. We so, still have them. Yeah, we yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. We'll have a whole bunch of mini bikes. Um, I really get a kick out of this class. Um, you know, there's a word in the motorcycle world. When you say it, you can smell what was just described. When you hear the word brap, <laughs> you know exactly what that means. In right? fact, I have a candle, a two-stroke you candle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're having a whole brap category of two-strokes. Nice. Oh, awesome. So, you know, when you look at the impact of the two-stroke motorcycle, it's like everywhere from 500cc Grand Prix bikes down to small displacement dirt bikes, you name it. The two-stroke is a phenomenal part of auto, of uh, motorcycle history. So that's another one of our features, something really exciting. And I'm, I'm changing his name because we had to roll him over. And thankfully he agreed for three years now, he's agreed to be our legend of the sport. You know, we always like to honor Yeah. when in yeah. the motorcycle world, we've, we've hit all the bases with Kenny Roberts, Eddie Lawson, Wayne mm-hmm. Rainey, Mert Lawwell, Gene Romero, Craig Vetter, Reg, I can go down mm-hmm. the list. Um, Arlen Ness really was a game changer yeah. for us the yeah. year that we honored Arlen. And I'm really glad we did it when we did, yeah. um, for obvious reasons. And we had his son, uh, Corey and grandson Zach with us as well. Mm-hmm. And Wayne Carini showed up. We had a wonderful little chat on our stage, but, um, the whole bringing in a custom builder that's so well known was a really neat thing to do for the show because it just was an example that we're, again, we're about everything, you know? Yeah. So the custom area is such a popular segment. Uh, this year, Roland Sands is our honoree, and I'm, I'm nicknaming him Rolling Sands <laughs> now because we've rolled him over three times. But, oh, wow. So not only will Roland be there, but he's coming with his family. And, oh. you know, there's a bike. I'm not. I'm sure you're aware. So his father, Perry Sands, mm-hmm. um, started Performance Machine, right. which, right? So the motorcycle that's, that's the reason why Performance Machine was started was a uh, was a 46 Indian that Perry and Roland worked on together. Oh, called the Peyote Puffer. It's a jumper, oh. <laughs> right? So that bike's coming. Ah, oh, that's cool. And Perry's coming, and Roland's sister's coming. She runs Roland Sands Designs. Um, so to have Roland there, you know, ex AMA 250 Grand Prix champ, but custom builder. The bagger thing is insane right now with what right. Moto America is doing with the bagger racing. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. And the super it's hooligan so stuff. Fun. Yeah. All, that to me is going to be a whole excitement level of its own. That's going to be cool. Yeah, we saw that Laguna, was it, I guess, last year? Was yeah. It? Yeah, it was, it's wild to watch. Spherical. Just fun. It's, they take 300 pounds out of those bikes. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, it's impressive. Yeah. It's impressive. So 
Um, you know, again, great companies got behind this event. Geico is back on board. Keanu Reeves is bringing the Arch Motorcycle oh, Company again. Cool, yeah. um, you know, we've we've just the partnerships we've uh, forged over the years with Bonhams and um, Medallia actually has jumped on. I don't know if you noticed, but you'll see Medallia stickers on the McLaren Formula One cars. Medallia mm-hmm. happens to be a data business owned by a, a good friend who has a space with us at the uh, motorsport park and. He's very much into supporting motorsports at, at all levels. And so he jumped on board and um, we just have some good companies behind us. And again, that Peninsula Signature Events Department at Quail Lodge is, in my yeah. view, these are the rock stars, the, the people in that office under Courtney's guidance, just do a remarkable job. It's a year round job. So, And I know you've the- had them. I know you've had them in the past. Will we see any scooters there? Because we have Bagel, oh, yeah. our scooterist. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I like that nice. you're inclusive of that as well. Hey, they're all, it's all part of it. All part of the family, right? Yep. Yep. All the, all the things. It's all All the things we love. And that's the thing. It is all inclusive. It's all the people, all the levels of it, but they're all beautiful and amazing in their own ways. And that's again, what I love. We go there all day just to hang out and meet people like Jim, who sits down and meets people like Molly. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Molly will be there. Yeah, we, had a, we had a lovely lunch. Right. And I think yeah, Paul's wife maybe too would join us. Yeah. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's almost become like a reunion for us every year of seeing all these people. And um, well, it's one of our few local things. So much stuff's gone away. Like even, you know, the club clubman's even, for example, but there's not a lot oh, of motorcycle right. stuff around here anymore. So it's really special for that reason. And you know, that's an interesting point you bring up. Um, that is something that I was a little miffed with the, uh, and this is no disrespect whatsoever, but at mm-hmm. the legend show, the clubs w- weren't a part of that. Mm-hmm. And I've always viewed the clubs as being the heart and soul of this vintage motorcycle thing that we're all into. I mean, without the clubs, what do you have? You can't rely on Google and eBay to solve your problems. You know, you, mm-hmm. you need, you need to know the, the people that know, right. And that, that those are the club members. And so uh, we've brought the clubs in from day one, and and again, we just love the fact that they're there, um, and I hope they never go away, you know? Yeah, so I wanted to thank you for putting on such a great event, and it, it's not just this event. This, uh, the Quail, which is happening next weekend, May 14th, but you also have Quail Motorsports in August. That's coming up in August. Cool. Yeah. Which is... It's really, it's featuring cars, but you always sneak some motorcycles in, right? Yeah, we <laughs> always have motorcycles there, um, and we put them up on beautiful platforms. And and again, it's you know that's car week. That's it's not motorcycle week. That's actually the fun thing about mm-hmm. next weekend is that May on the Monterey Peninsula is not crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, May is a busy month with Mother's Day and Memorial Day, and there's a lot of things going on in May, but. You know, you can, that's why we leave Sunday open, quite frankly, so that people have an opportunity if they're coming from somewhere else, mm-hmm. they can go to the aquarium or go out to the track or do, do you know, take in the peninsula. Uh, hotels are available. You can get into a restaurant. Car week in August gets a little bunch kind of, of Yeah, kind there. of madhouse. <laughs> well, except uh, on the Friday before the Quail Motorcycle Gathering, you got to watch out for this crazy group of guys on vintage bikes. Outriding and, and, and gals, gals. yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Uh, because you, you do that every year, right? You do the, we the do. quail ride. I take, I take out a hundred motorcycles mm-hmm. for a hundred miles. We include a few laps at Laguna Seca, yeah, mm-hmm. nice, it's pretty cool. 
Jim, we got to put that on our list. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, we've we've done a lap or two at Laguna, but not like that. And I, I probably oh, yeah. shouldn't admit this to you, Gordon, but we also have snuck into the Friday night dinner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. it's like this is all the people. This is uh, again, yeah. The bikes are great. It's the thing that brings us there, but this is our people. It's mm-hmm. the people. And Isn't it's the yeah. the conversations and the stories and like you know we've become friends with Rob Talbot and like there there's everyone has fascinating stories and histories including yourself so I really appreciate that you come on to share your stories and we're really looking forward yeah very excited to the event next next weekend well, I'm looking forward to seeing all of you there and I really appreciate the time again I'm I'm just honored to be a part of this little motorcycle click we're all a member of this club right yeah mm-hmm. and will any of your bikes be on display uh you know that's something i've i've well maybe i've had a couple bikes there just to fill 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 spots but um <laughs> i typically don't do that just just like i i don't go in the judge's room <laughs> <laughs> it's just better for me to just you know kind of be there helping orchestrate things and um i don't think i'll bring a i don't think i'll bring a bike there I, I just have one parting question. Just curious. Do you have, um, you know, riding motorcycles now, do you have modern bikes that you ride? And what's your, your modern bike that you, or bikes that you ride? I do. So, you know, I ride weather permitting. I'm, I'm, I have to admit, I'm not a foul weather rider. I don't mind getting caught in it, but I won't go out in it. Yeah. Um, we have too much nice weather. To- yeah, I, know. I, live out, I live out in Carmel <laughs> Valley and my office is over by the airport Monterey. So I get to go over the Los Reyes grade every mm-hmm. day. Twice. Oh, nice. And so I, I, you know, if, if, if it's a nice day, I'm on my motorcycle. So I've had a number of GS BMWs, um, the adventures, uh, it, um, again, I'm tall. So that's a bike that is perfectly suited for me. Um, I'm currently on a 22, uh, 1250 GS adventure mm-hmm. and just, just love that bike. BMW just keeps, they keep making them better. I mean, it's, yeah. it's Swiss army knife of motorcycles. So I did a little bit of a departure because I kind of funny about this stuff. I, I like being a little different. Um, and I was noticing just about every pack ride was either a group of gold wings or Harleys <laughs> or GSs. Yeah. So hmm. I thought, yeah, um, it's kind of like the silver 911s on the Monterey Peninsula. Every yeah. orthopedic surgeon, <laughs> dentist, housewife. Yeah. So um, I, I went down the KTM path for Ooh. about a year or so. I, I bought a 1290 um, Super Adventure uh, yeah. KTM, yeah. which is an incredible motorcycle. There's no doubt about it. It's all about the motor. I mean, they're 40 pounds lighter with yeah. 40 more horsepower. Um, they're impressive, but I, they're just, to me, they're just not a GS. So I ended up <laughs> doing some business with Max Motorcycles again and traded the, G, the KTM in on a new uh, a GS adventure. And I love that bike. So I ride a couple of days a week at least. Nice. Well, I have <laughs> had once in my life, and, and maybe you've had this happen more than once, where I had what, what I call like the open road on Laurelis grade where there were no cars. It happens to me all the time. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Then it is the most amazing road. But most times you end up getting behind a car or truck. Horse trailer. Horse trailer. Or something. It's horrible. You know, that road, I'm convinced that road was designed by a motorcyclist. Yes. <laughs> you know, there yeah. isn't one negative camber corner. They're all positive camber. They're banked perfectly. Uh, the one thing that you really need to be mindful of are deer. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. at, at day or night, there's a fair amount of deer activity at certain times of the year. But it's just a gorgeous road. You don't have to ride it fast to appreciate nope. it. It's just, it's not very long, but it just feels like you've just gone over the Alps or something. It's just that gorgeous. Plus, when you're going from the Carmel Valley side over to the Salinas side, 
when you first start to drop down from the 1300 foot mm -hmm. peak, you get a glimpse into Laguna Seca. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The short straight coming out of five going up to six. It's pretty cool. Nice. Well, yep. thank you so much for coming on our show, sharing your stories. We'll make sure and come say hi. Please uh, do. We're going to have a crew of us there. We may or may not be sharing a tent with lawn tigers. Exactly. Okay. So we're bringing our chairs and we are going to be camping out the whole day. Awesome. Again, be it's because of all the people. Um, I'm just stoked about Roland Sands and, and his dad. I mean, there's such great lineage there. Mm -hmm. I used to have performance machine parts on my chopper back when I did yeah. the chopper. So yeah. what a great history. So That's much so to look forward to. So yeah, thank you very much for coming on. Um, if people want to grab tickets, where do they Quail go? Quaillodge.com. Quaillodge.com. Tickets, tickets will be available at the door as well, which doesn't happen in August. The event sells out in August, the car show, but we always make tickets available. Again, it's uh, weather has a lot to do with it. Right now, we're getting some really kind of weird stuff around here. It's yeah. cold, windy. It's yeah. Mm. Uh, Last couple of days. Saturday, from what I'm, and I'm kind of obsessed with the long range weather forecast right about now. Yeah. Uh, shows sunny skies, beautiful weather. Um, I suspect we'll get a fair amount of drive up uh, folks that just decide that day they'll stick their head out the window and ride down from San Jose or Santa Cruz or ride up from Paso Robles or whatever. So it's good weather on Saturday. Nice. Awesome. Stoked. Yeah. Well, we always look forward to it. And uh, yeah, we will come say hi to you. Please do. Well, thank you very much for your interest. Thanks for all you do for this motorcycle community. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, we have we have so much fun. Yeah. And, and, and we're quite spoiled where we live. The, not just the riding we have, but the communities we have and the events that we have, including the quail, mm -hmm. which we brag about, which is in our back, you know, backyard. And then Laguna Seca. I mean, come on. I know. Come well, on. You know, I, I say this just about every time, and I absolutely mean it. And that is, you know, we're, we're not curing cancer. These are motorcycles. That's <laughs> we have to have fun, you know, um, especially coming out of what we've all come out of these last couple yeah. of years. You know, one of the things yeah. that we weren't told we couldn't do is ride motorcycles. <laughs> so, and, yeah, and we didn't, right? We took a little hiatus, yeah. so we didn't end up in yeah. the In fact, do you remember when the lockdown first started at the beginning? Oh, yeah. yeah. Jim and I yeah. took to the streets with our dirt bikes and started ex doing urban exploring yeah. and going on, like, jogging paths oh, and things yeah. that you yeah. couldn't go on. Yeah, and true. there were animals everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, it Turkeys. was just the ultimate, uh, I think we're, we're the best example of social distancers. Yeah, <laughs> I know. You had a quick yeah. question? Uh, I was, I was just going to mention, we were talking about community and in this area in Laguna Seca, and I mentioned it earlier, but the Arma racing at Laguna, I think it's in yeah. July. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you, know, you had mentioned your love for British bikes, and when we were there last for the racing, uh, me and Emma were hanging where the bike's right going first on the track because mm -hmm. it's that accessible. And you yep. could hear the Nortons and the Triumphs coming. They had mm -hmm. such a distinctive uh, exhaust yeah. note. And it was it was really cool. But, you know, at the armor racing, you can, like like a lot of the stuff there, you can walk through the pits and you can see oh, the bikes yeah. up close. And like you had mentioned, I love the race, race bikes. And one of the reasons I like them is they're so purpose-built. You know, oh. everything's on the bike has a specific reason. It might be hand built or custom made or yeah. whatever. But uh, yeah, Laguna Seca provides uh, a great opportunity for community and seeing a lot of this old vintage racing. Yeah, it really does. Those armor races come after the Moto America races, which I mm -hmm. believe is the eighth and tenth of yeah. July. Yeah, middle yeah. of July, back to back. I and think yeah. the armor races after, and that's strategically placed. Um, 
due to some of the fragged motors that happened at armor races. They didn't oh. want that to happen before Moto America. Rolled <laughs> <laughs> you know, even though they've got diapers on them now, um, you know, there's yeah. an occasional rod or so that decides to expose itself. Uh, oh, how funny. Yeah. yeah. Never yeah. thought of that. Good stuff. Well, cool. Well, thank, well, you thank you, thank you again, Gordon. We really appreciate it, and um, I hope you. Yeah, I hope this week isn't too stressful for you. I know the no, week for event can be a bit. Well, you know, it's uh, I. I kind of live by the uh, the train has left the station philosophy, which is <laughs> it's it's go time. You know, mm -hmm. um, it's all about Plan B at this point. So lots of planning ahead, and we've done all that, and so now it's just uh, we all just need to show up and do what we're supposed to do. Have fun! It's motorcycles, right? Exactly. Exactly. Cool. I look forward to seeing you all there. All right. Thanks, Gordon. Thank you all. All right. See thanks. ya. Take Cheers. Care. Bye now. So, I mean, yeah, the the quail. I'm so excited to go to the quail. I mean, coming off of the one show. That's right. Last weekend, um, which I wanted to kind of give a report. I know that like we did the interviews there, um, but uh, Jim, you've been many times to the quail. Yeah, I think I've been to the, like five previous. And you didn't I, make it. This is John's yeah, first. Yeah, I've never been to the quail. John. What do you think? Uh, well, I've been not the quail to the one show. Oh, the one show. Um, it was the best motorcycle event I've ever gone to. Uh, it, you know, the vibe was everything. It just was. It was. It, it was. I. It was the most. I think John's tearing up. I am. I'm having a. I'm for clamped. I'm for clamped right now. Um, it. Uh, it's the tribe, you know, and I think that's kind of the biggest piece about it for me is that you go there and it's. It's our people, you know, and it, it, I was telling my wife, Melissa went with us, I was telling her, I'm so, I was so happy to see Harley's in a non like leather clad daddy, yeah. daddy looking group. I mean, this was like, these, were, these were builders. You love that AMF Harley that was. Oh there. my God. Yeah. But yeah. these were builders. I mean, these were riders and people that were there. Most of the, most of the bikes I assume that we saw were daily, daily riders for folks. And it just yeah. was, you know, it was awesome. I love the maker culture. I loved, uh, yeah, it was cool. I love the shagging wagon. I know you did. <laughs> I know you did. Was that at the show or was that downtown? Oh, it was right next to our lounge. I think Emma took a nap in that. <laughs> <laughs> it was really cool. I interviewed Sergey and uh, Melissa. Yeah. She she had fun. She had a blast. Yeah, she loved being with the Misfits, of course. But uh, that's her. Melissa's such an extrovert. That's her. Uh, that's her spot right there. So. Well, and the thing is, I mean, how many laps would you say you did of the place? I clocked it. I did like 16,000 steps one day. So, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> so that's about, uh, I don't know, seven miles, I think. Yeah I, yeah. I mean, I know I just kept doing laps and every time I discover something I hadn't noticed, mm -hmm. um, including like the art on the, you know, the walls. And uh, yeah, I, I still, I'm, I got some toy motorcycles coming soon. You had a Prince cover band? Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, what a great event. But, and the food and the... The culture and everything, yeah, um, so great. And have you been to the quail yet? No, it's first time. Oh. The quail. Yeah, looking forward to the, that. We're popping both your cherries. <laughs> you are. You know what I mean? And Jim, you and and it's hard. You can't even ex you can't compare the one and the quail. They're two completely different things. Yeah, totally different. But equally enjoyable, both of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, just very different. I think I think at least the the one show is you know multiple days, so we really get to soak it all in. Uh, I think the quail is just one day, and it's like 
not that long. I think it only goes to like three or four. Yeah, but, well, it's nice because we can ride down, grab breakfast on the way. It's like a local thing. It's really, I, I enjoy the quail. It's intimate and it's but in our backyard. Pick up artichokes on the way home. Yeah. Um, I mean, John, were you talking to a lot of people at the one uh-huh. show? I sure was. Um, and that's the thing that's nice too about the quail is everyone is approachable. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, you can go and talk to anyone. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to Roland Sands. We've interviewed him before, but uh, that that'll be so cool to have uh, all, all you know his whole family there. And um, yeah, I yeah. recommend you just go and mingle. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is cool about the quail, or it's the one show. It was harder to find the builders of the bikes. They kind of dropped their bikes off, mm-hmm. and then they 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 leave. They're they're probably there. Partying. I think Emma's the only one who kind of stood, who hovered around her bike. Um, Mike Mike did a little hovering around his bikes too. But at the quail, oftentimes they're sitting in a camping chair right next to it. Mm-hmm. They're just, they want to talk to you about it. They want to tell you, you know, all about this bike, the, the history, where they got it, what, you know, they dug it out of the hillside and, you know. Then they traveled across Siberia. I mean, there's crazy stories. Well, and there's such cool people like Malcolm Smith you met there, you know? Like mm-hmm. you said, being on stage with uh, Craig Vetter, Mert Lawwell is typically there, and hopefully he's there this year. But there's so many really cool people that, that are at such a small gathering. You know, it's, it's very intimate. I think that's the, what I like most about it. You know, even like when guys are going around judging, you can follow the judge and hang out with them and with their little clipboard. Remember, Clay was a judge one year. Yeah. Clay Murphy, yeah. SFMC. So, uh yeah, there's a, there's a lot I like about it. Like I said, and you can hit Pizzini's Farm on the way home for some artichokes and mm-hmm. uh, and fried artichokes, too. And going back to the One Show Bagel, I mean, you've been yeah. to the One Show before, and um, I, I interviewed you about the, what, the two scooters there, the the one? Well, there were, yeah. depending on your definition, of there, were, there, were, there were at least three scooters there. One of them being an ape. Yeah, three. Well, yeah, which four, we've now the, discovered is actually they're all motorcycles. A, well, yeah, it's all four the, if you include the ape, because there was um, there was the doodlebug, the lambretta, the morphus. Yeah, and the oh, ape. Jim, the morphus. Yeah. I've never heard of this. You have to Google this. Is Yamaha morphus? Yep. Yamaha morphus. It's a thing. They mm-hmm. had one there, and it was really beautifully done. In fact, I was trying to find the builder. I wanted to talk to him. Um, Bagel, you said that. It had what custom wheels. It was lowered. Um, mm-hmm. What, what yeah, else was had, done? Had some uh, custom bodywork uh, that was uh, added onto it for a cleaner look. Yeah, uh, it had motorcycle handlebars with uh, clip-ons. You know, it was it was it was really nicely done. Is this, uh, it is, very sleek and understated. Jim is looking at a picture. Is it the thing that looks like a jet ski? Yes, it's, <laughs> it. it's a total it looks jet, like a ski. jet ski. Yeah, yep. like you could ride it right under the lake and right. Brilliant. <laughs> I like yep. it. The very aerodynamic. Yeah. Well, it has has an air suspension that basically the bike is lowered to the floor when it's parked. And that's a, it's what, how big is the front wheel? Looks like I, like a fifteen inch, sixteen. It's, it it's not small. 15, it's either fourteen or fifteen. I yeah, think it's it was pretty tiny. big. It's 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 bigger than stock. Brilliant. Yeah, Liza, you yeah. should get one of those. It's cool, man. I didn't even know it existed. You know what we haven't talked yeah. about is the is the private museum we went to or private collection we went to. We can't there. talk about it. Well, we can talk. We can't no, say we any can't, details. We right? can't talk about it. Oh, we're okay. not supposed to talk about it. Okay, we can't talk about it. We can't talk about it. But we we saw a really cool thing. Yeah. Thanks for bringing it up, though. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no. Um. 
We can't say where it is, which I don't know where it but is. I'm, I'm thinking and more of the motorcycle. We can't say what's there. in it. Uh, we can't say what's in it. But uh-huh. we had a personal invitation to somebody's private collection. That was really cool. Had a great collection of bikes and and, but more so, it had just ephemera and just things yeah. everywhere that you just you're constantly looking and seeing like memories and just cool stuff everywhere and a couch and a bar and just you know meant to just hang out and just soak it all in. But we can't talk about it. No, oh, sorry, y'all. That was that was a it was secret. awesome though. <laughs> um, but I did want to share. Uh, I'm not jumping to emails just yet, but we got one. Bagel, you'll get a laugh out of this. Uh, yeah. This is from our friend uh, Matt Numbnuts Matt. Hey, oh, yeah. who was up there at the show, yeah. and he said, "Misfits, what a great show!" Yeah, Jim, he he came <laughs> up from California to go to the one show. Up from California. Yeah, yeah. Numbnuts Matt. Yeah, yeah, no, he here, to, yeah. Oh, he came from here up to the yeah. one show. Yeah, up no, that's awesome. Show. That yeah. must be his nickname now, right? Numbnuts yeah, it's Numbnuts Matt. Uh, he says, thanks for letting me and my buddy Jason ride along at the one show. Congrats to Emma and the two mics on showing some fantastic bikes and Lila for the excellent photography exhibit. It was fun to get recognized by a couple listeners as Matt from Numbnuts, <laughs> but it was way more fun to get misrecognized as Bagel by several more listeners. <laughs> Pretty neat chatting with listeners who stopped by our illicit show booth. Great folks. All this and a bitchin' t-shirt thanks to your Transcendental Podcast. Ooh. Yeah, Bagel, did you realize pe- people thought Matt was you? That was one of yeah, his Yeah, his he highlights. mentioned that when we were at the show. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was great, too. Um... I'm trying to think. There was some other stuff. Did you guys see that uh, Suzuki is dropping out of MotoGP? I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. What? I don't know. I just heard they were dropping out. Yeah. I mean, because you guys follow MotoGP. I do, yeah. They've been doing well, haven't they? Joanne Muir won the year before last. Yeah, they got good writers, so... Well, who well, knows? I mean, they got, they got those those companies have their fingers in so many pots. You know, Kawasaki. I mean, they you know they make heavy machinery. They make stuff we don't even know yeah, about. I, I don't know. I hate to see a brand leave Moto Moto GP. Well, we nice see I mean, we got Aprilia, in, so yeah. Aprilia came in, so that was they're doing well too. But yeah, you got Aprilia in there, but um, you don't have uh, you Kawasaki, hot. right? Kawasaki's World Superbike. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Well, it's a bummer because of the history, right? You've got yeah. such, you know, you think of Barry Sheen and Suzuki and so right. much history in MotoGP with Suzuki, but uh, yeah. Well, maybe Triumph will come in with something. <sighs> I, yeah, I don't know. Well, I they're doing the mo- they they do the motors for Motor Two. That's the spec motors, a Triumph Triple. Um, yeah, yeah. But Joe yeah. Roberts, hey, won not last weekend, but the weekend the race before American Racer won Moto Two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and Jim. You know what I haven't done in a while? I really haven't gone for a ride. I know. I try to drag you out. Dude. But, I know. Um, how was your ride yesterday? Oh, it was lovely. Um, yeah, I took the FC1 out, 2012 FC1. It's been a great bike. Um, and I went up the coast. So, yeah, it was lovely. Went up the coast. It was a little windy yesterday, like we were talking about earlier. So, a little, little beat up by the wind. But, um, you know, we have some great rides or some great roads off Highway 1 north of Santa Cruz. And then the nice part about Highway 1 is sometimes you can get stuck on traffic or stuck behind traffic on the weekends. But when you head north out of Santa Cruz on the one, there's plenty of stretches where you can, you know, drop a gear, especially on the leader bikes, and, and leapfrog pretty well through traffic. Mm. So I went up the coast to a road called uh, Gazos Creek, which oh, is about, yeah, about 30, I don't know, 30 minutes roughly up the coast from here. And uh, 
yeah, and then you make a right, head up into the Santa Cruz Mountains, um, and just beautiful. The wildflowers were pumping. Um, not too many people once you got off Highway One. The wind died down, but beautiful roads. And, I, and sometimes you feel like you feel like you're in Europe or Scotland or yeah. Austria. I mean, yeah. just rolling beautiful hills and mountains in the background, and and trees and meadows. Really beautiful. So went through Pescadero, saw some you know, bunch of motorcycles. There were some vampires MC people uh, at Pescadero. I flipped them off, rode past. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then just came back down the one. But, um, you know, it's really nice on the on the leader bike to be able to let it stretch out, you know, and the, you hop on one and you get to go through the first three gears with nobody in front of you. And, you know, next thing you know, you look down, you're doing triple digits and, and the bike just <laughs> wants to keep running, you know. So uh, it was a lovely ride. And then um, stopped at a windsurfing beach, or not wind, well, windsurfing and kite surfing beach on the way back. Uh, called Waddell Creek, which is also super sharky, like a great white breeding area too. Uh, yeah, and there's a little bench there carved into the side of the cliff, kind of a secret spot. I think we tried to find it on that one ride. Who was with me? I mean, we tried. Yeah, I anyway. think it was me. Yeah, so there's a little secret <clears throat> bench carved in the, into the cliff, so hung out, watched the waves for a little while, and then, uh, yeah, came on back home. But we're just blessed every which way you go. There's awesome That's riding true. around here. Yeah. So well, you went down the coast last week too. Yeah. And then the weekend before I went South down to big Sur, about the same distance uh, about, you know, uh, say whatever, about an hour South of here to a iconic bridge called Bixby bridge, mm -hmm. which if you see a lot of pictures of big Sur or postcards, yep. it's this big arching bridge over a Canyon that goes back into the mountains down there. And, uh, you know, it's not a, a secret, but a lot of people don't know there's a dirt road right at Bixby Bridge. It's because they have a lot of barricades on the dirt road that say no parking, no parking and cones. Yeah. But it's actually a public accessible road. And it takes you back behind the bridge and it's dirt. Um, yeah, we've done it many times. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, it's not it's, it's about a four, maybe five hour round trip from here. You know, if you stop for some tea and Big yep. Sur and a cookie or something. When, when people rent my KLR mm -hmm. on Twister Road, they usually want to go down the coast. And I say, ah. When you get to the bridge, make a left. Make a left. And it's a great little, it adds what, like an hour? To Something the like that. It's yeah, like 10 miles. Yeah. yeah. If you go down and back, it adds, that's what I did last time, went down, then went to Big Sur, had a cookie, yeah. came back and then rode it back the other way. Um, but it's fun. It's, you know, I took the big bike, the Africa Twin, and there's enough dirt and hills and ruts to, you know, every now and then, woo, like a steep yeah. switch back downhill or uphill and or ruts and that kind of thing. But I tell you, it was, I was enjoying being on the Africa Twin. I think I'm ready to take it back out uh, for some real adventure. Yeah, it's big bike time. I want. I want to take it out too. Oh, I do. Um, oh, you know what we were supposed to do tonight that I'm not doing because I'm not quite ready yet. In fact, I want to extend it a week. So, guys, remember I announced we're going to give away money. Right, yeah, great oh, idea. Yeah. We're giving away a thousand dollars to any invention, uh, creation, project. Did Anything. you do your, your seat leg balls? No, Have those I didn't. been thrown in there? I did it. The my seat? balls. The you balls. don't know what my balls are. Oh, I've seen your balls. You've seen my balls. Okay. <laughs> All three of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, my seat balls, because um, they don't fit on the Corbin seat on bikes. the bike. Mm. Yeah, they're for dirt bikes. Anyway, mm. I didn't. But um, we had asked people to submit uh, like fundraisers. Uh, to us to be nominated mm -hmm. and it's supposed to end this week but i want to give it another week so we're still taking nominations um tonight a nomination that i'm going to share came from a listener and this one is called ricky's last ride and ricky was a riding buddy of theirs who was going to do this uh trip and ended up um getting uh, killed uh so his buddies decided to uh, hold a fundraiser 
in his honor, and the funds go to blood bikes. Are you familiar with blood bikes? No. This oh, is yeah. over in the UK. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I know they find that um, motorcycles can transport blood faster mm. than cars because of mm-hmm. all the traffic. So they have blood bikes. And I'm not sure if they're volunteers or I, th- I think they're, they may be volunteers because I, I think I know somebody who does it. They're volunteer motorcyclists who run blood between like hospitals. And and help save lives because because of it. So um, this one is called Ricky's uh, Last Ride, and it is raising. Think about uh, well, it's it's in UK, um, but they're raising money to buy uh, more blood bikes. And I'm like that. That's pretty cool too. Mm-hmm. There's a yeah. lot of good things. So if you have uh, again a, a Kickstarter invention, I, I'm I'm still very fond of the kids book. Yeah. That has the audible sounds. I love that. In fact, I checked it today, and he's only raised, I think, one hundred and forty-four dollars. Oh no! I know to get the kids' book. So um, I'm going to be compiling all the nominations uh, that we have gotten, including any new ones we get. The only thing I'm I, I'm not going to be including in this if it is a fundraiser because somebody was in an accident and is raising funds. If you go to Indiegogo, it's pretty much all people who are in an accident need funds to pay for medical bills. We're not trying to do that. What we're trying to do is to put uh, the money into something that betters the motorcycle community for all people. Like Break Free Tech, for example. Exactly. You were early, early yeah. proponents of them. Exactly. Uh, and not like the cigar throttle. No. Oh. You don't know what this is, do you? Uh-uh. Um, this goes way back, John. When we first started looking at like Kickstarter items, and this kind of became the joke that, that this guy invented a motorcycle throttle that had a cap on the end so you can store your cigar. That's a great idea. In there and then close the cap while you're riding. Oh, my God. That's awesome. Yeah. It was cigar storage. Oh, I like it. And we thought it was stupid. No. Well, it's smarter than Mike's um, knife break and clutch oh. lever handles or whatever levers that were Guilla- knives. The guillotine. Yeah, they almost cut his finger off. <laughs> Jeez. God. <laughs> I know. So if you have any um, you know, fundraisers that you would like to nominate, all you do is send me a link to their fundraising page. Um, don't say, hey, my buddy's raising money. Here's his email address. No, no. It needs to be an organized fundraiser, a kickstart from from a fundraising site or something like, you know, Ricky's Last Ride where you can hit donate and something somewhat organized. Uh, send it to recyclemotorcyclegarage at gmail.com. We'll add it to the list. And then uh, next week we're going to be – uh, sending a creating a poll and sending it out to all of our Patreon subscribers, they get to vote. They get to decide where the money goes. And instead of it all going to one place, if they vote fifty fifty between two of them, then each one gets five hundred. If they vote thirty thirty forty, three hundred three hundred four hundred. So however much people vote will be a percentage of it. So, um, yeah, RecycleMotorcycleGarage at gmail.com. Send us your links. Um, oh, you guys uh, you guys saw the new shirts because you were at the show. I did, yeah. Mm-hmm. We've got new shirts. What do you think of it? They're awesome. Yeah, they look great. Yeah. yeah oh, actually, pop. John didn't get one because I didn't give him one. No. No. Because I gave them out to listeners. So anytime a listener recognized me, I gave him a shirt. Nice. 
Yeah, which then I think other yeah. people started doing that too because the shirt supply suddenly dwindled. <laughs> uh, they look great though. They came well done. Uh, well, Melissa's got like six at home. So. Oh, come on. Uh, yeah, but it's got the evil Knievel design. Hmm? Yeah. Oh, those. Oh, yeah. Is we got secret? secret jackets. Those are for the misfits. Mm. And one special listener who knows who he is. Mm. Yeah, I know. I'm being very. <laughs> Very discreet. So one more week on that. Um, there was something else we're going to talk about. Now I'm blanking. Help me out here. Let's go back in the conversation. Oh, we could talk about where's Emma. Where's Emma? Where's Emma? Where's Emma? Well, didn't we see her briefly in her, her, in her spaceship in her car? This I know she <laughs> came in for a second. This ties back in with the quail. Oh, she is prepping bikes for the quail. Ah. Ah. She is making her monies. Excellent. And so she is working feverishly to 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 get that get that you get all the bikes set. Hmm. Um, nice. You know what else I'm doing this week before what, the quail? What, what? I am going to the famous infamous Pismo Beach, California, Dude. with my nice. motorcycle, and I hope not to get killed or maimed in the process or lit on fire. I'm stoked though. I can't wait. Have you ever been down to Pismo? No. Pismo. Pismo. I mean, I've going. I've gone past on the one. I think it's close as it's kind of the, as close as California gets to Florida in some ways. Yeah. <laughs> so I used to go down there years ago with people. So well, it's a it's a place. It's a beach in California, open to the public, where you can drive and ride on, and it's firm enough so that you can take RVs on it and cars. Obviously, all the sand toys are big on it. So um, you can ride along the, the Pacific Ocean on the beach, but then it opens up into Oceana Dunes, it's called, which is a huge dunes area down there. And, um, you know, it's under threat of being closed. Unfortunately, at least the dunes are. I think the beach yeah. may remain open. And Stupid it's, California is protecting everything. Yeah. Well, I've been down there years ago, and you get why they're going to close it. I tell you what, son. <laughs> I, had, I had never seen a, so- a Sobe bomb before. But after that night, I'd seen a whole bunch of Sobe bombs. Have you ever no. seen this? No. What is a Sobe bomb? Okay, real quick. Um, if you're listening, take notes. But you basically, it's it's something that's dangerous you do at night, but you get a, a Sobe bottle. They used to be made out of glass. So a glass Sobe bottle, fill it full of gasoline, all the way to the top with gas. <laughs> oh, then, you, then you get the cap. It's an aluminum cap. You pop a hole, like a very small pinhole in the top, and then gently screw it back onto the Sobe bottle, just very little bit. Then we would have a huge fire, but you take some shovelfuls of the fire out into the desert, like about 100 yards, <laughs> and you make another fire. Then you put the Sobe bottle full of gasoline on top of the fire. I'm and watching, run. dude. I'm watching this guy do that. I'm like, I'm watching from behind a truck. I'm like, he's gonna die. But I'm watching, ready for the explosion. So you set it on the fire. It doesn't explode or anything like that, and it just sits on the fire. Then it starts bubbling and boiling. So on the fire, the gas is boiling in the bottle. It starts jetting a fume up out into the air, which is then on fire. So it's like a six foot blowtorch. <laughs> Just blowing out the top of the Sobe bottle that's in the fire. You're like, oh my God, something crazy is going to happen. And then after like 10 minutes or so, it's variable, which is part of the excitement. I guess what happens is the lid expands enough that it blows off the top of the, f- the bottle, which then turns the fuel into a fuel air mixture, which explodes out. Yeah, <laughs> which explodes straight out the top of the bottle and turns into no joke, a column of flame like 20 feet wide by like 40 or 50 feet tall. We have got to do this next time. It was, no, you know what I'm thinking? Nuts. I know, it, it I know, lit up the entire I know thing. At the quail? No. Oh. 
I know oh, how geez. we're going to win the burnout contest at Vintage Days. Oh, oh no. no. The only question is, can, can we, we get MotoGP to put it on his head? Just put it on his head. <laughs> oh, dear God. Oh, God, on his head. No. <laughs> I think we might be able to make that happen. The, the year that Vintage Motorcycle Days really burned down for real. Oh, my God. I wish I never brought that up. <laughs> That's a great idea. Okay, can I get that? Um, yeah, can you write down those instructions again? Uh, yeah, no, I, yeah, let me know. I'll, I'll, I'll show you. But uh, no, good, good across fun. the world are grinding their teeth. <laughs> but Pismo is a cool place. So that you know they got all the sand toys, like the sand rails and all that. But the motorcycling's cool. I mean, to do it proper in the dunes, you have to have a paddle tire and a you know two stroke yeah. or four fifty big bike. Um, but it's really cool to see. You can see talented riders there tearing up the sand, but also that shit where they launch. Yeah, like hundreds oh, and hundreds right. of feet off dunes, but at the same time, people really get hurt out there. Take um, a shovel. Uh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm going to go too too far into the dunes. I'm going to be by myself. But it is it is scary. You got to have one of those flag things because um, people get helicoptered out of there regularly. It could be either you get t boned yeah. by a sand truck. They don't see you, or you can come up one of those like a, a lip of a sand dune, and you think it's going to tabletop out, and you got to carry some speed, you know, because if you don't, you just kind of die out at the top of the dune um but a lot of times it just drops right off to a steep drop off and next thing you know you're in the middle of the air just <laughs> launched and proper fucked so uh but anyway i'm looking forward to riding down the beach and you know hopefully not getting killed but it can get, but people get liquored up and start riding through people's campsites and it can mm. it can get buck wild so anyway i should be back for the quailing good shape so um i don't know if you guys noticed something i brought in the room with me but i've figured out a new thing to collect, but it's not really a new thing. In fact, you probably don't know this, but when I was a kid, I used to collect Star Wars toys. Because mm-hmm. I remember thinking, mm-hmm. you know, I actually saw like a talk show where somebody had Gone with the Wind uh, paraphernalia and how it's like much Phil it was Donahue worth, or something. And like before that, really, like things from movies. I mean, Star Wars is really the first movie that had kinda. collectibles and toys. And Other I was like as a, a kid, plate. I was like. Oh, I'm going to collect these. These will be worth money someday. Got the X-Wing fighter. Oh, I had all the things. I had all the things. I was collecting up into my early 20s. Um, And then I sold (laughs) sold the whole collection to (laughs) make rent one month. (laughs) But you know what? It was worth it that month. But you know what is very similar to a motorcycle and comes from Star Wars? The uh, land speeder? Speeders. Oh, you do bike. have toys down there. Look, look what at I that. have started collecting. Yeah, look at. I have one here. Is this it? That's a motorcycle. Uh, no, it's up there. Oh, it's up there. Oh, I saw it earlier. I got. I, like, I got. Oh. Little Leia uh, speeder. Uh, oh, nice. So I've discovered from all the different movies, there's different speeders from different characters. So if you don't mm-hmm. know, speeder is basically like a floating motorcycle without wheels. It's a tread speeder. Yeah, oh, I know. Cool. Oh my gosh. Right? You can learn different languages like what it's oh, called I in should, I the Moto asked, Speeder Doulet. I should have asked Gordon, car or motorcycle? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what if it has no wheels? <laughs> yeah, pretty cool, huh? So I got yeah. I got a bunch of that. Is that the Luke Speeder there? Yeah, this is the Luke <clears throat> Speeder. Mm-hmm. Uh, the speeder bike, then you got the elite speeder bike, and then you've got this bitchin' ass first order driver and tread speeder. Yeah. There's a whole mm. bunch. Like I've gone down a rabbit hole. I'm collecting speeders now. Cool. But fortunately I still have a few empty shelves in here. Yeah, you got a few <laughs> a few yeah. empty shelves. 
So I can do that. Um, another thing I wanted to mention, I think I, I mentioned to you guys outside bagel hasn't heard this, but, uh, you know, I know that used bikes have gone up in value. I mean, John, you were able to sell your dirt bike and after a year you sold it for uh, so more than what you paid for it. $600 more than I paid for it. Yeah. Which is great. Right. Yeah. Uh, you wow. put improvements in, but basically you had a bike for a year and right. Um, we know that the used market is crazy and we know that the new market is crazy too, but there's something I didn't realize is happening. So I went to a shop yesterday and just a shop, um, over the hill, we'll say, and I was just browsing and looking at bikes and they had like a bunch of dirt bikes. Cause I know those are really hard to get at one time. Um, and they only had one Grom sitting over in the corner and I went, I'm like, Grom, you know, I keep saying one day. And I went and looked at the price tag. How much are they going now? Well, do you, Bagel, do you remember how much Groms are? Uh, <clears throat> not exactly offhand, but a few grand, right? Yeah. It, it 35, said, aren't you? 35 yeah, it said like uh, list price 35 and then it said okay. $300 freight fee mm-hmm. and a $600 assembly fee. Yep. And then a $1,000 market adjustment jeez and i went wow market adjustment uh, upward, AKA not downward profit. right <laughs> yeah they, they're like yeah well what? don't buy it if you don't want to what market will. adjustment exactly right. we're gonna adjust the market for yeah. you <laughs> what is that wow because they can yeah they're literally shifting the price up this is america <laughs> but what I thought was weird so then I'm like wait a minute I started looking at all the price tags thinking they would all have thousand no a lot of them had no market adjustment there was one that had a $250 market adjustment in fact the highest market adjustment was that Grom hmm, with a thousand bucks and I'm looking at a Grom that's now I think it said like 5700 or something Jeez. like that um, versus a TNT <laughs> No, no, uh, no. Looking at like a versus, yeah, that wasn't yeah. that much. Well, like more. a three, like a three hundred, you know, well, you like CC a, bike. Well, K- yeah, the KLX. I'm looking at it's only fifty five. Right. Yeah. It wasn't that much more, and I went, yeah, what? And I haven't, I haven't That's heard crazy. of market adjustment. We have now. I know the yeah, car. That, I think car sounds, dealers have been doing it for a while now. Yeah, that that sounds like fancy, uh, fancy business talk for markup. Yeah, no, it's not fancy at all. It's here's what it is mm-hmm. <laughs> because we can. But I guess it's on the bikes that are very hard to get. Um, I was talking with, I think it was Craig today. I forget, or, or Yuri. It was one of them. And he was talking to somebody who works at a dealer who said that they have, oh, I think it was Craig because we were talking about new bikes for new riders because he has the, the, the riding school, that he was talking to a dealer who had like, 72 deposits for a Honda Rebel. Jeez. And Honda shipped him three. Hmm. Oof. Right. Man. You, yeah, can't get it. But the interesting conversation that came from that is, um, and I, I think you started noticing this with me too, there are these alternative brands that are popping up, like Royal Enfields. Mm-hmm. They're getting mm-hmm. their bikes out, right? Yeah. Um, Benelli's. They're They're... They're, I mean, they're, they're still hard to find, but like when we saw them at AIM Expo, yep. they look like decent bikes. Emma gave mm-hmm. them the What was that up. new, uh, the new Spanish bike we saw in, in uh, at One Motor Show? Viejo. 
Rie, Rie, Riehu. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jim. It's Riehu. a pretty bike. You show me that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, CF Moto. Mm-hmm. They, um, he told me that up in Hayward, they're going to be doing a CF Moto day. And we've been emailing back and forth with them um, because to me, it's, it's interesting to see these. And they're not, I don't think they're all Chinese. Well, I mean, Royal Enfield isn't Chinese, but um, they aren't like the big four or one of the big American brands, you know, uh, or an Italian. These are ones that are clawing their way up to the top. They're like, we have bikes, you know, there's 70 or 69 people aren't getting their Honda Rebel, Mm -hmm. CF Moto or a, oh, a Royal Enfield Meteor 300. Yep, Yep. Great alternative. But what I also have noticed is they have no resale value. That's exactly yet. right. No resale. So you can get, uh, so um, like I think it was last year, I was curious about the Benelli and the TRK 502. Mm-hmm. And somebody had one for sale on Craigslist and I went to go see it and he wanted five grand for it. I think he paid 6500 brand new for this 500. Um, if you're not familiar with the TRK 502, it's a midsize. Adventure touring bike, yep. basically, right? Um, I think he paid sixty five hundred. He was asking five thousand. It was uh, maybe a year or two old, and only because his buddies rode bigger bikes and he wanted to keep up with them. Hmm. And he said, "We want a five grand." I'm like, "Oh, thanks. Yeah, I'm not really interested in buying, but you know, just curious." And it looked fit and finished. It looked good. And at a time when people are getting more than what they paid for bikes, at a time when People are on waiting lists for new bikes. His bike sat on Craigslist for months. Yeah, really. Months. Yeah, as I'm thinking about a new dirt bike, you know, I I, I really like that SWM 300. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a you know, it's a couple thousand dollars more expensive than the CRF or the or the KLX. But <clears throat> on the flip side, there's going to be no resale on it. I know, and that's you know, that's the problem. You know, because I want to, I'm going to have to make some money back on the other end of this. Well. And that's kind of a hole in the market. And I, I'm just yeah. kind of, I think I'm just broadcasting it out there because there are people trying to find bikes and there are bikes that I think, I mean, they're not as tried and tested as, you know, like all the other bikes, but Royal Enfields and, and these like CF Motos and Benelli's, yeah. they're a viable, viable option. I, I like the Royal Enfields. I, I would I would have no second thoughts about buying buying one of those, just because it's a it's a I th- tried and true well, company. And I think maybe the Himalayan has um, a used yeah, market. Yeah, I bet it does. But some of these others don't, and it's kind of crazy, especially with, like the Benelli well, zero. It, well, especially if you're looking at buying new, because you're already you know mm-hmm. taking in the shorts buying it. I'm not saying don't buy a new bike; it's awesome to yeah. do it. But if you're a new rider and you buy like a Royal Enfield or something. It doesn't have the great resale value. Then all of a sudden you ride it for a year and you're bored with it and you go to flip it. You're going to get yeah. you know, hosed on the on the on the deal. Whereas if you buy like a, you know a, a well known Japanese brand, it'll probably you can buy be a twenty year old KLR. Right. It'll hold it's its going value. for the same price. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that's it's a trade off, I guess. Crazy. You know, the, yeah. Um. I, so I guess I'm just kind of pointing out. It seems like there's a hole in the market where you can get a decent bike for a good price. The problem is it doesn't have a good resale, so you can't mm. sell it anytime right. soon. But that also means if you see one for sale on Craigslist, yeah, cash you talks, you can yeah. exactly. Yeah, that's that's a good point. 
you can talk them down. Um, I mean, I really didn't need one of those bikes, but I kept seeing it come up. I'm like, bitch, I get off for 35. <laughs> you probably know? could have done that, yeah. But uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, oh, and uh, Bagel and John will be excited for this. It's official. Hmm. Uh, a, a, an airline ticket was purchased. Moyne will be at AMA Vintage Awesome. Days. Oh, good God. Moin Khan, oh my. the just... motocross champion of Pakistan. Oh my. Riding in the barrel races. Oh, I can't wait. On my little, little be... Benelli. Oh, you, he should enter the hair scramble or something. <gasps> oh, and guess what? This is a secret. Or the vintage so motocross. This though. is a secret. So I'm only telling you guys. Okay. I got an evil Knievel suit for him and Haley to borrow. Oh, like you to, did not. to share. I bought a, a smaller size one. Huh. So yeah, they have to share it. You didn't get them each, get them each, get them each <laughs> one. Get them, no, get, you know what? I think I'm going to let Haley have it at Americade and then Moyne at Vintage Days. Oh, that's awesome. But I got the full suit. Haley Bell's going to be there the too. Same size. <laughs> Haley Bell's going to be there. Haley oh, Bell's going to be there too. This is the year to go. <laughs> and they both nice. agreed to be naked and on fire doing a burnout. So mm. I think that's how we're going to win. <laughs> get the soapy bottle ready. Hey, uh, Big I'll just curious because I was just talking about the, you know, some of the Chinese bikes that have no resale value, but you're getting, you know, they're they're available. Is that also carry over into scooters? Oh, yeah. Chinese scooters have little well, no, to no resale I'm not ta- value. But I'm not talking about the crappy ones. Are there good Chinese scooters? Um, <laughs> well, or not even Chinese. Like if you're talking about like a buddy or something that isn't a Vespa. Sure. I mean, well, buddies, buddies have gotten quite a reputation yeah. for, for being really solid, good bikes. So their retail values is very strong. I mean, you can, you know, it's just tough to find a buddy for under two grand. So if somebody was looking for a scooter and they wanted to find a deal, what's the hole in the market? What, what's a brand that is overlooked that doesn't have a good resale value? They might be able to get cheap. Hmm. Jeez. I mean, that's, that's the thing is like, like think bikes good good bikes just are not going cheap these days you know um i mean if yeah, one one bike that you could get into if you really want to a scooter wise is um bajajs i was gonna say Bajaj. they because because they're they're out of the market now i mean they've been out of the market for for like close to 15 years now i think at this point so you're you're kind of on your own as far as like maintenance and parts are getting harder to find yeah. so so you can get into a bajaj pretty cheap like they're they often go for you know 500 to a grand in running condition well, let me so, tell you what i want yeah and i may be making this up when i was doing the research for the car or motorcycle game so mm-hmm. that first one that bajaj that mm-hmm. basically is like a rickshaw yeah they still make those you can buy mm-hmm. a brand new mm-hmm. and i think they do it's a diesel turbo did i make that up well, not in the U.S. I mean, no, well, not in I, the U.S. I, but I think it's a Bajaj diesel turbo rickshaw. I'm like, I want that. <laughs> I don't know if you could get that into the country. Though. Oh, come on, <laughs> the EPA and things. Come on, bagel. I know you have tricks. DOT. I know you have tricks. Uh, well, not if it's less than 25 years old. Damn. You know, that's the thing. I mean, if and I don't think they had turbo diesels more than 25 years ago. I could be wrong, but. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, those, those oddball vehicles are, are tough ones to bring in, you know, because they, they've, they've never, 
you know, they've never been homologated for the U.S. So, so you're going to have a hard time, you know, bringing anything like that in. I'm, I'm afraid. <coughs> well, poopy. That's what I say. Um, yeah. I think we have time to read a couple emails, but before we do, I mentioned that at the Quail, we're going to be sharing a booth with our friends at Law Tigers. So I want to make sure we give them a plug also because they're paying us too. But Jim, go ahead. What do you got there? Here's here's the plug. Uh, Law Tigers of Northern California is proud to support NorCal's local motorcycle shops and businesses. Yes. And will be featuring Mototown in Marina, California at the upcoming Quail Motorcycle Gathering on May 14th, 2022 at the Quail Golf Course in Carmel-by-the-Sea, California. No, Carmel Valley. It is very nice. But it's very beautiful. Uh, Where do we left And you can actually throw a rock and hit the Vetter Ranch. Yeah, but they might throw something else back. It would be a catapult, (laughs) a trejabolt would come launching out of the woods. Uh, This is the triumphant return, as we were talking earlier, of the quail that has been postponed since 2019 due to the Mm -hmm. pandemic. Check out Mototown, the amazing Miss Emma, and the quail on Facebook and Instagram for more details. And visit LawTigersGrar.com to learn about their ongoing support of the writing community here in Northern California and nationwide. And they are darn nice people. Yes, they are. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, You got an email to read there, John? Yeah. Yeah, I do. This is from J.J. Webb. Hey, J.J. Good times. Remember that show? He (laughs) says, the next time you have Trauma Doctor Chick from Chicago on, you could have... (laughs) Detroit. Was that Yeah, Yeah, Dr. Detroit. I thought so. You can have game of name that scar. Test her knowledge (laughs) about what what caused the scar and how long it it took to heal. Ooh, Lila had that good scar. (laughs) If Ms. Emma wants to show off more of her superpowers, ask her to identify the make and model of the bike that caused the scar. Ooh, that's a good one. I'm sure other misfits will be able to identify such things due to the inquisitiveness of some of the most common injuries. The only issue is the virtual nature of the conference would of uh, the contest would have to be photos sent in by listeners. Just a thought. Thanks, JJ. Name that muffler. Jim, do you have a motorcycle scar? I have a motorcycle scar. No, I just have swelling and <laughs> odd things sticking out of my bones like that. <laughs> <laughs> I have displaced bones, but no, no scars, I don't think. How about you, Bagel? Do you have a, a scooter scar? I'm trying to think. I mean, I scooters have left their mark on me a few times, <laughs> or the road has left its mark on me a few times specifically, but nothing that's really lasted. I mean, the worst thing I think I had was I, I lost my big toenail on one crash. Oh, it, it, it grew back. It's fine again. Oh, It's uh, all good. Oh, that reminds me. Bagel, I think you need to talk to your people. Oh. Um, am I correct? I believe I saw this. Was there a recent scooter rally? Yes, there was. In uh in Cincinnati, Ohio. Okay. That calls itself the Motosexual Scooter Rally. Wait, wasn't that friends of ours? Yes. Is <laughs> that Dan or somebody taking that moniker? Dan and and oh, emblazoned it on a scooter rally now. Dan, yeah, was it? It was someone we knew. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Dan. Yeah, Dan okay. Yeah. yeah, we've got. We still have his picture up in the garage. With He's awesome. Crotch yep. on fire. <laughs> 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 um, dude, there's a motorcycle rally. 
bitch. That's what I have to say. I have one to read here, and then Bagel, I sent you one to get ready. So this is uh, in response, again, to Emma saying, there's no such thing as a $500 project bike that's worth it. Which, dude, you should have seen. There was a beautiful CB550 at the one show. Okay. That was a, I think, a $400 project bike. Bar find, yeah. That, yeah, looks great. Really great. Um. And this one from our friend Leo says, hey, wankers. <laughs> <laughs> back at you. Uh, back in 86, I moved to sunny uh, Santa Cruz from New York City and got me a bicycle. After it was stolen. <laughs> <laughs> After the earthquake. <laughs> uh, I found two near complete Honda CL350s for 300 bucks. Oh. Brought them home and made one fully operational vehicle that served as my primary form of transport for, for a few years until I moved on to bigger bikes. Uh, if $300 bought two bikes in 1986, I refuse to allow that $500 can't get you one motorcycle in 2022. I know yeah. that math isn't quite yeah, okay, right. Okay, what's his example? He says, I categorically reject Miss Emma's assertion that the $500 motorcycle is a thing of the past as a load of old bollocks. Bollocks. Never mind the bollocks. To prove my conviction, I submit the following ah. for your consideration. And this is a 1982 Yamaha XJ6. It's it's basically like a Virago. Um, and they're asking $500. Um, it says it needs a new carb, but the diaphragms are intact. Uh, but if the diaphragms are intact, what this really means is carbs need cleaning and reassembly. So that's a, a an ugly cruiser with a big C. Yeah. And he says, if that doesn't convince you, here's a 1981 Kawasaki CSR, which is like the, uh, like the, I think it's a 250cc, but it's like the 440. It's an LTD, basically. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. My gut, which is never wrong, tells me this just needs a battery charger, a new battery, and carb cleaning at most. Hope you all enjoyed the one show. Peace and love from your fellow wanker, Leo. Hey, Leo the Leo. wanker. So, all right. It is possible if there is going to be a five hundred. Where's Leo from? Bike, though? Uh, well, he lived in Santa Cruz at one time. Yeah. Well, do they? Do all the big ones? Do they have the paperwork? Um, yeah, Who exactly. Knows? But it's going to be an eighties or nineties cruiser. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's true. It, yeah, that is the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, and that's why I say if you want to do a project bike that you're going to cut up and turn into a bobber cafe mm-hmm. something, start with one of these because yeah. you can only make it go up. Yeah, it's, it's, you could tie pickles to it and increase yeah. the value. And it looks better. It looks better, exactly. Just remove the seat, you, you make seven hundred dollars. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Bagel, what do you got there? Yeah, so I have an email from Matt Barlow. Hey, Matt. Hey, Matt. And Matt writes, "Hey there, Liza and the Misfit Crew. That's me. This is Matt in Utah, Ooh, and love this Utah. is my latest project." Okay, a 2003 Yamaha TT R125LE. Mm. It's a big wheel, electric mm-hmm. start, air-cooled 125. My 12-year-old has been riding a Pitster 110 for some time now, yeah. and he's outgrowing that bike. So for his birthday, I showed up with this little guy in the truck. Nice. I, I went uh, over a litany of work that needs to be like done, it. and his eyes got bigger with excitement as I went on. I scored it from an old friend for $1,400, and it needs fork seals, rear brake pads, rear wheel bearings, rear fender, fresh tires, and a good old carb diddling. It has a top-end rebuild from a local shop and fired up on the first stab. Great. Mm -hmm. 
I'm looking forward to some garage time working <clears throat> working on this with the boy Aww. and hitting the trails too. Maybe if I have any have any luck at all, my son will carry on the bike fever and that will keep him out of trouble in the coming years. Or he'll be hell on wheels. <laughs> Either way, the misfit bike life goes on and on. Keep up the great work and give it the beans. Yay. Yes, sir. I'll tell you, it might keep your son out of trouble, but that bike will certainly get you into <laughs> some trouble. Oh, yeah. You love that bike. I got the same bike, and I tell you, um, you know, I'm, I'm 6'1", 200 plus, and I can rip around the TT track on that thing, and it can take the abuse. Great bike. I mean, I've had it for seven or eight years now. Mine's 2003, and uh, it's a, it runs great, but it's have a lot. You guys, both of you will have a lot of fun with that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, you know, what a great, what a great show tonight and having Gordon on. Oh my gosh. He's a right? rock star. Yeah. He's a, and what a nice smart guy. Oh. Another person you only barely scratch the surface. He of what knows what they, his stuff yeah. so much, but again, it's, he loves it. And you know, I was talking about because it's mother's day and mm-hmm. it's a cool mom. Um, he didn't, he didn't mention it, but his dad died when he was only eight years old. Mm-hmm. So his mom oh, wow. raised him. And so again, cool mom drop me off at the racetrack i know at laguna how cool Back yeah then. as soon as you finish mm-hmm. polishing the silver set yeah well, hey wait you almost forgot your 22 <laughs> you forgot your 22 go take it and shoot some squirrels um but what a cool story and and you know since we live here we know all the things he had access to that shaped him as from a young boy up which is fascinating yeah yeah, yeah. and, and yes yeah, sweeping the shop at a, a sweeping the florida ferrari shop to volunteering at the pebble to working his way up yeah. To and you, being a judge there. And you can see his bikes and a couple of cars if you go to YouTube. He has his, the Peterson Museum's mm-hmm. virtual tour that they did during during COVID and get a glimpse at the bikes. Pretty neat. Yeah. And then, uh, John. Yes. Do you have an announcement you want to make? <clears throat> it depends on which one. <laughs> About November. Yeah. So we are beginning the planning stages for, I mean, we don't have the right name. You for don't it even yet. know this, Jim. Mm. We don't have you don't know you don't so know this. We'll come up with a fancy name, but um, basically, we're we're gonna plan a Misfits rally uh, in November. Um, a little event is it an adventure rally? Yeah, it'll be mostly an adventure rally. But I mm-hmm. think uh, what I want to try to do is actually have a road track and a dirt track for folks who want to come on road bikes. Too. But but we got to work out the details. So at a minimum, it's going to be an adventure rally for uh, for dirt bikes. And I'm looking at places for us to stay. More information is coming. We're looking at the second to third week of November before Thanksgiving, obviously. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, we're hoping to get a bunch of you all here and we're going to have a good time and go ride. What part of the, con- the state? Or, well, or actually, let's, should we so let's I, talk about what we're, we're thinking. Go ahead. Um, we're thinking of it being held at Hollister Hills. Oh, interesting. So camping there, yeah. um, taking adventure bikes around the park on the mm-hmm. easy trails and then out of the park. And riding on, you know, around the roads there, over to Trace Pinos, stuff yeah, like that. That's cool. So, what a great yeah. route that we can have some actual dirt riding at Hollister Hills, right? And okay. then leaving and going and riding the great roads around there. Yeah, and get, do it like what you're talking about—a two or three day thing, t- uh, two nights, three days. Yeah, two nights, three yeah. days. Maybe hook up with one of those old uh, Portuguese ranchers out there and get access <laughs> to their land. Yeah, that'd be great. Run with so the pigs. We're hoping that I'm I'm in conversation right now with Hollister Hills. Oh, cool. So hopefully I can get uh, their approval to have us there because they don't because they don't do uh, reserve camping there. Mm. So we're talking about trying to get our own section for that. But then, how great would it be for people who? I mean, John, you've only been to Hollister a few times, right? Yeah. If you really don't know where you're going, 
you can get into trouble on some of the trails on a larger a bike. Yeah, a larger bike. yeah so. just go three feet to the left <laughs> down the fucking canyon, like 80 feet. <laughs> right. Um, in Poison Oak. Bagel, I keep dreaming that one day you'll show up with your adventure scooter. I really want to do that. Um, oh, that'd be so much fun. <sighs> yeah, I believe me, it is. I, I it, it is rattling around in, in my mind. You know, I still remember like one of the first rides I went on with you was a vampires rally. I believe it was at night, mm-hmm. and we're all ripping through the hills, and there's Bagel just fucking passing people on his scooter. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what the? Like, <laughs> you're not supposed to do that. And it's and it's not like he's like really leaning in the curves and like no, he's just riding upright in his little proper riding position with a scooter yeah. skirt on, like with those GSA, passing. like with those GSA riders, like uh, Gordon. You know, they're just right, yeah. nice and easy, upright, and just hauling ass past and everybody. Hauling ass. So I keep imagining you doing that on a scooter too on the trails. So that's something mm-hmm. we're working on for November. And Jim, well, I also got a. Oh yeah, we're also what, working what, what, what? on another one for uh, for August this year up to Mendocino National Forest. Ooh. So another cu- yeah. couple of days up there. So working with uh, Matt Beals and I are putting oh, nice. this together from, uh, from Breaking Away. Oh, cool. Yeah. So if you're interested in that too, we'll give you more information as we get closer. I got to go to Pakistan first. But um, the ocean <laughs> side of Mendocino or the the warm the hotter side of Mendocino, the national forest. Okay. Yeah. So it's beautiful up there. Yeah, it's it's incredible. So we'll set up a base camp and and then uh, go out riding through there. Mm-hmm. So lots of opportunities to come ride with the Misfits if you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to be everywhere. I'm going to be going next month. It's coming up fast to Americade. I'm going to be doing a lot there. Upstate New York? Is that where that is? Yeah, Lake George. Yeah, I've I've been up there. I want listeners to come out. Wear your shirts again. I loved how many people wear their shirts. Mm -hmm, That's Uh, cool. To the one show. Yeah, I'm going to be... I said, put me to work. And I keep seeing my name coming up on on the schedule. Oh, I guess I'm there too. Oh, I'm doing that too. Okay. Garbage bags and bathrooms. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Um, hey, if you're interested in one of the new shirts, and this is a navy blue shirt, not a black shirt. Because I used to not do black shirts at all. But they do look good. But this is a navy shirt. If you want to check it out, you can go to motorcyclesandmisfits.com and hit on shop. And I have it there, and it's twenty five bucks. I'll ship it out to you, and then, and I throw in a free sticker too. A sticker? I do. I throw in a free sticker. They're rainbowy, you know. Oh, yes, I they know. Are. Um, and don't forget to uh, come out to the quail. This is going to be fun. We're we're all going to be there. Bagel, wish you could be there. Well, you'll. I'm what? on vacation, so. Oh. Throw on that scooter skirt and come on down. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. All right. Well, and definitely look for Miss Emma. She's got her her thing down, her outfit, that aqua blue cowboy hat. You cannot miss her. No, it's great to pick her out, like you said. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, Check out YouTube. Check out our YouTube. Uh, Yeah, we've got a great video there. Part one. We're all waiting for part two. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, big thanks. Big thanks to our Patreon subscribers. Thank you. Yeah, you guys are yeah. awesome. Uh, again, the money that we're going to be giving away, it's coming out straight from the Patreon. We're just turning around and giving it right back out to the motorcycle community. Um, I hope to continue doing this, you know, finding good things that uh, to put the money into. So I really appreciate that. But um, mostly thank you to all the listeners uh, for keeping us going. Mm-hmm. I guess, you know, when we go to we go to events and people come up and say hi, or I see people wearing shirts. There were some people like uh, wearing a shirt and I just started walking behind them 
and just kind of jumped into the conversation mid-sentence, and they're, whoa, <laughs> you know. I recognize that voice. <laughs> and it's like, I-, I love it. There are people. And, um, yeah, I love our people. There you go. So thank you, everyone, for listening. I think we're ready to get out of here. You guys ready? Yep. All right. Thanks. This is Liza. Stumpy John. Naked Jim. Bagel. And we are out of here. Cool. Cool, cool. cool. Hey there. (laughs) Hey there. Dude, you are going to get so dick punched. (laughs) I can't wait. Hey there. Welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits. (laughs) You least expect it, John. But just remember this moment, because that will be the answer to your question, which is, why?